Well, there he is. Come on, man. You know <laughs> you <said> <laughs> 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 I think I was not on you, Rocco. Uh, everyone, welcome into the Ryan Ripken Show. It's episode 47. <laughs> Gosh, I, I can't even <laughs> begin to tell everyone my last two hours. This show might take longer or actually might be shorter than how long my drive to get to the studio was but enough talking for a second let's go around and say hello to the group we got a full house we got zach bollinger he's back in his seat oh that's kevin no, no, no. <laughs> God, this is just off over it i know it, feels, oh, it feels good to be back we're back in the studio we just a lot of chaos it's, it's okay we're gonna get it done by the time we uh finish it's okay yeah okay that that's zach that's now this is kevin yeah you know Ryan, your Rocco is now you. I am now Zach. We're all just changing identities here, but it works out. It works out fine. Well, th and that's what happens. That's what happens when Zach gets the interim position to lead the show, especially on Tuesday. For those that that tuned in, Zach led the show. Before we explain a little bit of that, we also then behind the scenes, you saw Rocco, and there is Brad as well, fellas. How we doing? How we feeling tonight? Doing. I'm feeling a little bit better, but still not quite there. But we're gonna push through anyway. My name's not Rocco. It's Ryan Ripken Jr. Read, read, Junior, Junior. right here below. Ryan Ripken Jr. It's me. Yeah. It's not Rocco I don't, anymore. I don't know if I claim you, but all right, <laughs> claim you either. You're, you're, you're a good kid. Well, hey, for everyone, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Thursday. That means we're a couple days away from divisional round. Ravens, Texans. We're going to talk about a lot of that tonight. We have Samuel Njoku coming on in the next, I don't know, guys, twenty-ish minutes. So for those Ravens fans, tune in. We are going to have him on really breaking down. And just as a special for people to know, we are going to do something on Saturday morning. Get us all amped up, prepped for the big game on Saturday, Ravens-Texans, 4.30 start. We will be tipping off sometime in the morning, roughly around 10 a.m. Uh, and if you guys are new to the channel, thanks for, for stopping by. Hit that like and subscribe. And for our uh, regulars, thank you for coming by. We have a Discord channel, guys, now that's public, yeah, yeah. and it's free to join. You can come talk shop with us whenever you want. Uh, and uh, we are we will try to be responsive. And you'll find out that we kind of like each other, but we really don't like Rocco. That's the consensus. Not at all. I know, Brad, you have a pull-up, and I'm afraid to ask exactly what it was before we dive into what's spicy for this evening. Yeah, real quick, uh, I'm going to put the uh, um, Discord link in the chat for YouTube, and then I'll make sure that it's in the description. But, yes, there is a... Uh, there is a, a poll up here, uh, and why, why, and, and it really is a common theme that we are we are consistently late. It could be five minutes, it could be twenty. This time it was fifteen, but I just decided to ask the people what they thought and and who they thought was responsible for being late today. I asked uh, if it was Ryan and DC traffic again. Uh, Zach pooped his pants. Rocco had to manscape. And uh, Kevin had to finish Harry Potter. Now, I will give you guys, like, I'm, I did not make up Rocco had the manscape. And I don't know about pants. <laughs> These are real life things that happen behind the scenes. You, didn't have to make it up. You, you did make that up because I didn't do that. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, that can be for a different time. That can be for a different time. I'm just saying. Anyway, just kidding. We don't exactly know, but maybe behind the scenes. By the way, uh, we'll, yeah. By the way, Ryan uh, by far has won the the, the uh, taking the blame here, uh, according to the people, on why you're late. Hey, you know oh. what? That's fine. I'll talk directly the, to the people. I'm what was sorry. The reasoning then? What was the reasoning? Can we tell them? Yeah, it was because it's DC traffic. 
All right, yeah, dude. Yeah, I was in, I was in the car that for two hours because you know the thing you put down for me it got a few votes, and I don't want I don't want anyone to think that's what actually. <laughs> that's why we were late. I'll just do that before the show, my friend. Yeah. You well, you what? are cleaned up. I'm just gonna say. Yeah, up here. All right, all right, all right. Okay. <laughs> so you're you're not cleaned up. I, no, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Continue. <laughs> Moving on. Good there kids. We go. We're getting out of here. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining. Let's dive into some some spicy things before we get to talk more Ravens here in the next few minutes. Uh, the first thing, guys, but spicy around the NFL, and it's the was the biggest story coming out of the wild card weekend. How about Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy is keeping his job in Dallas. And I know a lot of people feel certain ways about that. And Zach, I think we talked about this before. If you're a Dallas fan, there's a reason why you might be demoralized that Mike McCarthy is coming back. Yeah, I mean, you see over the past few years, he's been there three years. I understand he has 36 wins in the regular season, but the Cowboys at this point, in their history and over the past 10 years all they've been is get to the playoffs and get eliminated early on so i get why he is brought back he's had a fantastic regular season all three years but i don't think after what happened against the packers that embarrassing game i truly thought something had to change i thought whether it was dak or mike mccarthy it looks like both are going to return I thought something just had to change to switch up the way that the momentum for that organization was going, get some fresh blood in there, get something that can really take you guys to the next level next year and be a difference maker. And it looks like they're just running it back and going to try to fix things in the interim, put Band-Aids on certain positions here and there. But I, I, I do see why Cowboy fans would be concerned about this. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest part is that was that, arguably – that was the most embarrassing loss the Cowboys have had at home, given the circumstances. You're finally the number two seed. There was actually a clear path, right, to the NFC Championship game. Not that it's an easy road in the, in the playoffs. We've seen it. You got to go out there and can compete. Somebody gets hot, and that's just the way it works. But for the Cowboys' sake, you had a Packers team, even though Jordan Love's been playing great. We're going to talk about Jordan Love in the future. But Jordan Love, first season as an NFL starter. You're at home. You haven't lost a home game in your last 16 contests in Dallas. And then not only did you get beat, it was it was non-competitive. The game was over at halftime and the score doesn't reflect how much of a blowout it was. But Kevin on the flip side cuz let's let's not say it's devil's advocate, but let's look at the other side. People are very emotional about Mike McCarthy coming back. But also, in some cases, Mike McCarthy has done a lot of good things. And as we talked about, winning is extremely hard in the NFL. Yeah, you know, he he has done good things and I think when you're talking about Dallas in the NFL, the playoffs are one and done, so you're not allowed to have a bad game. And while I think that, again, something has to change in Dallas, there are quality head coach candidates out there, but I guess what they believe in is that they have this setup there. Zach said, put a couple Band-Aids on a position here or there, add some a weapon or two for Dak and get that defense right. But is it pushing what's inevitable down the line is, I think, the question that Dallas fans have right now because what if in 2024 it doesn't work out? Well, if we thought this he couldn't survive this he is not going to survive in 2024 mm -hmm. after that and i think at that converse at that point the conversation about dak has to happen too because he's a free agent after this next yeah. year so for and me he can't be franchise tag that's right that correct that's right because yeah. remember that whole remember that mm -hmm. whole thing it took years and years and years and it was yeah. franchise tag franchise tag in that deal the part of it is he can't be franchise tagged again so they're going to have to make a decision they're going to be forced mm -hmm. to make a decision on dak 
I mean, McCarthy, you're right. The regular season record is there, but you don't play in the NFL to win regular season games. You play in the playoffs to win. It was an embarrassing loss for them. Maybe they believe they can do it again. I mean, obviously they do. And there were questions about Bill Belichick and whether, you know, if they get rid of McCarthy, would he go to Dallas and the whole Jerry Jones thing? But maybe Bill didn't want to go there. And maybe, you know, Jerry and him had that conversation. This is speculative, honestly. I don't know. But maybe they had another sleepover. Isn't that what happened when they originally <laughs> signed Mike McCarthy as he uh, went over to Jerry Jones's house and they had like a sleepover? Yeah, an adult sleepover, I, I think, is what happened. Well, no, it actually, I'm like, I'm not. Is that true? I don't yeah, know. no, that was because it was like day two and he hadn't left the. I mean, it's a mansion. It's not like they were sharing a bedroom. He probably were <laughs> right. like right. 100 of feet. But yeah, no, apparently. Uh, I he spent the night and then they got the deal done. Yeah, and the the the, the Dak conversation is going to be something that's going to go on for months and months and even going to the next season. That's not going to change, obviously. Um, but Brad, I think you have stats here because we're talking about coaches here. Let's just let's stay away from the Dak conversation right now because that's again we could talk about it for a while. But coaching wise, Mike McCarthy, if you actually look at his record compared to some of the of the other prominent NFL head coaches, Brad. There's a reason for him to stay and, and still be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, that's right. So uh, Tone Dix from the Pat McAfee show actually shared this, and I thought this was absolutely insane. Uh, John Harbaugh, I mean, you can see his record, Mike Tomlin. Mike McCarthy's right there with him, uh, and Sean Payton as well. All of them have very similar uh, playoff records, uh, John Harbaugh having the best out of these four, and then uh, they all have Super Bowl rings. So you know, it just kind of goes to show how hard it is to win and how hard it is to get to the playoffs and not only get there, but also win while you're in the playoffs and then hope that you get to a Super Bowl. I, I think that, you know, <clears throat> Dallas has a lot of talent and I think they've done really well. But I, and I, but as I've said all year, they've they've played soft teams. When we talked about the Ravens this year and how many teams they beat with a winning record, I believe Dallas actually has a losing record against winning teams if you include the Packers this season. So there is definitely some cause for concern, but I don't think it's all on Mike McCarthy. I think that, in my opinion, and I've been saying this all year, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but I think that Dak is the problem. I, I think that I really do. Every time we put Dak into a big game, he does not do well. He does not perform well. You can't win ball games when you're turning the ball over and throwing pick sixes. You just can't do it. And so I actually put a poll up in our YouTube uh, chat right now. If not Dak, then who will be the next QB for Dallas next year? Let's just say they release him a year early. Russell Wilson is taking the lead right now. And then I also have Trey Lance. And, hey, you know what? Maybe they bring back Kurt Warner. And uh, and, and he goes on a crazy <laughs> run. But I also put Joe Flacco in there as well. And so uh, I don't this know. This was what the that. first thing I looked up that popped up when I looked at uh, – Mike McCarthy slumber party. That's nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, I had to look it up, but yeah, and there you it is. Yeah, you can't. This is what. It. Yeah, this is this is where else are you gonna get this besides exactly. the Ryan Ripkin show? That's why you're our content guy, yeah. head of content. Yeah, no, I just there's not a lot up here, but the random stuff it comes back sometimes. Well, that is you're not wrong about yeah. any of those comments. For once, you're not wrong with your assessment there. <laughs> but for Rock, though, I hear you, Brad. The one thing I do want to point out with this, and, and Dak, that narrative, just like another quarterback has a narrative in Baltimore here until he wins a quote-unquote big game, still Lamar's going to be a two-time MVP. We'll dive into that. But, Rock, this wasn't all on Dak. It wasn't a great game. At one point, the Cowboys' defense had allowed nine yards per play from scrimmage. Nine yards from scrimmage at one point in the game. And that was not early on. This was second, third quarter where – 
the Packers could do whatever they want. But something's going to have to change, Rock. It's good that Mike McCarthy has some stability, but no situation, I think you mentioned this before, no situation has more pressure than playing really in Dallas. Yeah, it's to be the quarterback of that football team, the team everyone calls, refers to as America's team, the spotlight's on. Everyone is always preying on the Cowboys' downfall. I think that's the consensus uh, across the league. Just fans hate the Cowboys, except Cowboys fans. Like, I don't think I've ever met someone who's like, yeah, you know, I'm a fan of another team, but I like the Cowboys. I'm sure there are people out there, I'm just, but I'm just saying. It's like Actually, they're one of the most no. hated teams and most hated franchises in all of sports. It's just the way it is. So to be the quarterback of that team, the spotlight's already on. And, you know, we, we talked about Zach and I. I think we were the only two left on that show <laughs> just talking about the game. And I didn't think the loss was solely on Dak Prescott. Now, Brad may disagree. A lot of Cowboys fans seem to disagree as well. I thought the defense kind of laid a goose egg as well out there, and they didn't play up to their standard. But Dak and Mike McCarthy, those are the two that everyone is going to look at and say, all right, Mike mm -hmm. McCarthy has gone 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5, but he only has a 1 and 3 postseason record with the Dallas Cowboys to really show for it. Dak, same thing, basically. I mean, if you're not going to change this up or change something up going forward. It's, you're not going to change up at the head coaching position. Obviously you've already committed to Mike McCarthy. So if you're not going to change up at the quarterback position, what's the deal? Are you going to try to add more pieces and hope for the best and maybe expect the worst going forward? If you're Cowboys fans, like something's got to change in Dallas. Um, I, I really don't know if it's Dak or it's something else, but um, if watch them commit to Dak as well and just nothing change and we're having this conversation again next year because I really feel like that's the direction it's trending towards. I don't know if they part ways with him. If they do, we'll see what happens from there. I have a quick question. Are we about to, because we just talked about how they're going to have to make some changes here and there, are we about to see the fifth, sixth straight season where Brandon Cooks is traded? Um, maybe. Maybe. I really, if he gets moved on from, if they have to cap casual, whatever it is, I think this will be, I think, the fifth straight year he's on a different team. Which He's a good player. He's a good player, and he's only, like, 28, like, about to turn 29. But you think he's, like, 35 the yeah. way that every year he's on a different team. And he at always this, produces. At this point, yeah. do you just, like, rent? You just rent everywhere? Yeah, no, you don't. You don't <laughs> buy. He's learned you his lesson. You probably have your he one house, buy. like, your one big house, and then you, you just probably – rent everywhere you go like there's yeah, you're, no you're living out of a suitcase at that point like, real you're, you're going one city to another yeah. city, he right? might just get hotels because he's been traded mid-season i'm pretty sure he just, just like extended, extended stays i doubt he does that zach we can we can have a full conversation on the business behind professional sports and in each sport it, it's kind of wild to hear the stories but no no uh no doubt about uh that, that brandon cooks has dealt with it more than anybody this comment right here quinn changing schemes against the pack Packers is a disaster class and this was 100%. Kind of, this yeah. was that was a big issue and again that's why I'm not putting this all on Dak. Dak did not play well enough for them to win the game, but the Cowboys defense gave them zero chance as well. Yep. It was a com combination of just really the biggest letdown that I can imagine for Cowboys fans. And I know people are saying, well the history of the Cowboys. Well, let's talk about history then. Over the last 28 years since the Cowboys in 1995, you're going to consider 1996 them winning the Super Bowl, whatever you're going to consider it. There are six teams that haven't gone to a conference championship, okay? The Browns and the Lions, which are still trying to get to the Super Bowl, the Dolphins, the Commanders, Texans, who are an expansion team, 
and then the Dallas Cowboys. That's not a list you want to be on. Now, Detroit can get to the conference championship with a win uh, this weekend. But the, the moral of the story here, Dallas, until they get back to the conference championship, the pressure's on, on Dak, and the pressure's going to be on anybody that's running the Cowboys because it's been the same thing for almost three decades. But let's talk about with who they thought could replace Mike McCarthy, but then apparently that didn't happen. He might be going somewhere else. And this will be our last thing before we have our special guest pop on in. And uh, that is, uh, there's a report. Bill Belichick's getting a second interview with the Atlanta Falcons, the team they had the massive comeback against, 28-3 in the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick, it's not set in stone, but it's looking more and more like a possibility that Bill is going to be down there going to a team that, we talked about this in the past, guys. Falcons offense is talented. They got some guys. Now, granted, they weren't used properly. Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I know, Zach, how you feel about B. John Robinson not getting mm, used. Yeah, and I know that mm-hmm. that sting, especially if you used a fantasy pick on him. But how Number we seven overall. Number seven overall I used on him. I had so much hope. I saw him in college. I mean, it's a Swiss Army knife, and then they just didn't use him. It, I just hope in that situation of Bill Belichick, if he does get that, you know, accept that job, I I hope he is more willing to use the weapons or get an offensive mind that is willing to use the weapons in front of them. I, I would agree with that. And it seems like in a division in the NFC South, and we've talked about it in the past, Kevin, it's a pretty wide open division. I, I love what Baker's doing this year. It's been awesome. And there are so many, there are so many ways you could talk about Baker and, and resiliency. You don't have to love him. But the guy was left to dry. He went to Carolina. He was a practice squad defensive lineman for a couple snaps here yeah, and there in right. practice. He just like me for real. High school, <laughs> high school. That, me in high school, Baker at the NFL. Just look at you. Guy. Look at you. Okay. This is Don't exactly what we thought. Don't compare yourself. Don't compare yourself to a professional athlete ever. Again. If you're not on the screen, don't talk. Put me on the screen, Ryan. All right. Put me on the screen, Ryan. Don't put me on the screen. Put me on. No. Okay, well, that you just wasted this time. Is, yeah, for this us. Was this useless. is why. Okay. All right, get, get him off the, get screen. Don't do it. Off the screen. Don't do it. See ya. <laughs> um, so the, the point being, though, Kevin, NFC South's pretty wide open. And if you're going to a, a team that has a lot of young stars now, they do have a quarterback situation. It's a, it's a very appeal, appealing place to go, especially for Bill looking to kind of hopefully, you know, get back that traction of, of getting to the postseason and hopefully making some uh, noise. Yeah. And we, we heard the reports that, Maybe he wanted to go to a team that was young and had the pieces but were underachieving, and I think the Falcons fit, fit that bill pretty well with Bijan and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Now you're right. The quarterback situation is one where we know he does not want to go through another year of a Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and all that, that quarterback situation. He's not going to have it. So if he goes there, I would bet money that probably a quarterback's going to follow. Is that a draft pick? Is that Justin Fields? I know that rumor's been there before. But you're right. The South is wide open at this point. And Tampa, again, Baker's been awesome. And he's kind of turned. I think he's turned his image around a little bit. In fact, a lot. Like, he's turned his image around. But they have a Mike Evans situation. What's that going to look like next year? The Saints are going to be in a cap situation for what seems like the 80th year in a row at this point. Mm-hmm. And with Carolina, we all know how much of a disaster that is right now. So it feels like Atlanta's poised. If you're talking about teams to take a leap and you bring Bill Belichick in there, you get an all-time coach working with young pieces, you get the right quarterback, and they have defensive talent. They brought in Jesse Bates, and they have A.J. Terrell in that corner room, and I think that it has the potential that Falcons, if you're talking about, again, a team that can make the biggest leap in 2024, you get Belichick, you get a quarterback Mm -hmm. in there, 
I think you could put them in that conversation. Well, and, and here you have, we have a, a thought here about Bill Belichick, Russell Wilson. I don't know if that's a match made in heaven. Who exactly knows? But, guys, fair to say, Falcons go out and get a quarterback. Bill Belichick's in place. They, I would be comfortable saying that they could be a favorite or are the favorites to, to win the NFC South next year, Rock. Yeah, if, if they land Bill and, you know, decent quarterback, I'm sure he's having conversations in that second interview with, like, how can we make this team even better going forward? And that all starts at the quarterback position. But you're likely not going to get one of the greatest all-time or future goats in Tom Brady when Bill Belichick was working with him. It's not going to be a situation like that. You're likely either going to have to develop someone like you did with Brady throughout his career and hope that he turns into one of the great, even if he's not even close to that, the guy who they do bring in, someone they draft, you hope they're good enough to get the Falcons to the playoffs and compete. Because I don't want to face a Bill Belichick-led team with young talent in the postseason ever. Because we've seen what teams he's coached have been capable of in postseason play. It's just like a nightmare for other teams. You you hated to play the Patriots. So, um, if, if that's the case, if they can get a solid quarterback or if they can get a veteran in there that can work well with Bill and turn the Falcons around because this year was a disaster with they shouldn't have been as bad as they were. So going forward, that's the big thing for me is getting someone at the quarterback position, pairing him with Belichick. And then I think the Falcons could be not necessarily a scary team this year, but look in the future like three years down the line, depending on how long he coaches and stays there and develops. And uh, you're, you're looking at a really solid playoff team, I believe, in the next couple of years. Could he go after a veteran like Kirk Cousins? Good. He could. I, 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 the more I think about Bill Belichick going to a team like this, I, I just don't see him wanting to develop again. I think he's at the age where he is like, I have two, three years left. I want to just go try to win a Super Bowl. And I don't know if if the guy isn't there that he wants to draft, if the guy isn't in-house. I could see him going for a veteran that he thinks, okay, we have the weapons on offense. We can make stuff happen if we get it to Bijan, to Drake London, to Kyle Pitts. We just need a guy like a Kirk Cousins who can sit back and just manage the game and get them the ball kind of like he's doing in Minnesota. Defense started to play better, and like that's really where, you know, especially with Bill Belichick being a defensive mind, you could, I could see that being a really good. Do fit. you know where I think? You know, I say I see him in Pittsburgh, but I think Kyler would be kind of electric there. That'd be, yeah, that'd be. Incredible. I, I think it would be. I, some people are Kyler haters. I get it, but I feel like it, that's a guy who could maybe go if Arizona wants to lean into a full rebuild. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I think Kyler with Bijan and all I'm those all guys. For it. I'm all the for memes, it. Memes see if we from can... Ravens social media would be just out of control if Kyler went to the Steelers. Here's what Just I'll like, say to this. Oh, yeah. Here's also, what I'll say. I, I, with, with Belichick going to the NFC South, it, 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 it makes total sense. He's not going to have a whole lot of competition because the whole division sucks. And I, I would make arguments. I mean, we keep talking about the offense and what, where the quarterback is. The, the defense, I know that they started to make strides towards the end of the season, but they still were a bottom half defense. And we know that Bill Belichick is, a de has a, is the defensive mind there. I don't know how much he's going to do on offense. Maybe he'll get a really good coordinator. I think he needs one in order to be successful down in Atlanta. But, yeah, I mean, if they have a Russell Wilson or a Kirk Cousins, a, a veteran quarterback that's proven to, to go down there and do work, I think they'll do well. 
But really, the, the struggle is going to be on the defensive side of the ball if they if they plan on going deep into the playoffs at all. But given that the NFC South is just absolutely abysmal, I mean, it, it would make sense for Bill Belichick to do that after being in the NFC East, or, or sorry, the AFC East, uh, that was just a trash division except for the Patriots for 20 years. Yeah, I, I will say the, the narrative that Bill Belichick is going to have to kind of dust off is developing offensive players because he just had Mac Jones and you had the whole debacle of having Matt Patricia, then you had Bill O'Brien and this the carousel that was going on in, in New England. So I think to your guys' point, I don't think they're going to – a veteran seems likely. I wouldn't be surprised. But mm -hmm. the, it seems like for Bill, what's his bread and butter? They're going to be more sound fundamentally defensively. That's what New England seems to do. But they are – I'm with you guys. There has to be someone that has to be evolved with whatever they want to do with those those playmakers on offense because they're they're young. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, B. John Robinson, they're talented, and there's so many great things to like. I think that they'll fix it on defense. But obviously, if the Falcons had better quarterback play, they'd be the team that would have won the NFC South this year, not the Buccaneers. But we Josh can, McDaniel, come on down, no, baby. Come no, on okay. down. That's a that's a great no. that's a great way to get out of this conversation. <laughs> Uh, so we talked about this for those that are tuning in. Thank you. Uh, if you're new to the channel, hit that like and subscribe button. If you're still here and we know you, thank you. Howdy. Uh, we finally are going to get to our guest for this. Uh, and I know a lot of people that are probably watching care a lot about the Baltimore Ravens. We certainly do. Our guest certainly does. And so why don't we bring him on, Brad? Is he hiding back there? Yeah, he is. And guys, Sam and Joku, hey. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. So you, for those, that, for those that don't know, Sam. He hosts Ravens, uh, the Ravens Football Talk podcast. I'm sorry, I just Ravens. looked at. Sorry, yes, yes, no, yeah. Ravens Talk podcast worked and wrote for CBS Baltimore Sports Illustrated, and you have some of the best content out there that's covering the Ravens. So we're thankful that you're able to come on and talk. Uh, I know you are anxious, just like all of us, for it to be Saturday. I think everyone has this feeling of. I don't want to say it's it's nervous energy, but it's. The anticipation, I, I've never been more excited for a game maybe than the 2019 game. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I'm I'm very excited because the narrative, we've had it since God knows when, right? So yeah. we've had this narrative about not being able to win in the postseason. The Ravens are finally back in the postseason, and now they finally have their star quarterback, something they haven't had the last two years. So you got the star quarterback. You got the one seed. You're pretty much touted as the best team in the AFC possibly the NFL, you have to buy, everything's going your way, and now you just have to get on the field and perform for 60 minutes and pick up the win. So fans are in the backseat. Of course, you can't play, so you sit back and you watch, and you're just waiting for that uh, clock to hit zero and the Ravens pick up the win. And that's what we're all hoping for. And, and I think right now a big storyline, there's a few things we're going to touch on here, but the recent news, Rock, we were talking about the Ravens injury report. I think you have a little bit more yeah. uh, information on that for to talk about because – Obviously, we yeah. kind of want to know who who's in and who's possibly out for this big matchup. Yeah, absolutely, Samuel. First and foremost, man, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate you, you know, joining us and like big fan of your work. Love the memes that you put out like every single week. They crack <laughs> electric. me up. See them on the feed. Yeah, they're electric. That. So I I don't know how long those take you to do, but it's it's worth it. Whatever work you do behind the scenes to put those out there, I mean, it, it cracks me up every time I see them. Obviously, with the Ravens injury report. Mark Andrews is questionable. Um, Marlon Humphrey's out. DuVernay, he's expected to play. That's what Harbaugh said today. But Marlon didn't play 
in the season opener against the Texans. His absence, as good as Marlin can be, does that even make a difference in this game for this team? I knew, I know C.J. Stroud's better. I know the Texans are a better football team going forward. And, and number two, just to piggyback off the injury report questions while we're talking about that, do you want to see Mark Andrews play in this game, or would you rather um, hope that the Ravens win and save him for that AFC championship game here in Baltimore if that happens? Yeah, to your point, Mike McDonald's done a great job of using the guys that he's had to make plays. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, definitely, in my opinion, top five, top ten cornerbacks in the league. Him being out there 100% would be ideal. But if he's not ready to go, best not have him out there. Best not have him be a liability. Uh, They have Kyle Hamilton, who's really the engine that stirs this whole thing along with Roquan Smith. So keep him in the sideline. You have Arthur Marlette. You have uh, uh, Brandon Stevens out there who can really shore up that that DB uh, field. So keep him out for another week. If he's ready to go next week against the Chiefs or the Bills, what have you, shore up. If not, hold him off as long as you can. But uh, I, I'm not really too much concerned about Marlon Humphrey being out just because the guy that's really the main force on this defensive backfield is Kyle Hamilton, and he looks like he's going to be a go. Uh as far as Mark Andrews is concerned, I don't want him out there if they're going to change the dynamic. I've heard some people talk about maybe having more of a two tight end set to have a uh, you know Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews out there to use both of their dynamic tight ends, and they could do that in certain situations. But don't change your philosophy in order to get him on the field. Have him on the snap count, uh, sub him out with Isaiah Likely in certain situations if you feel comfortable with him being out there. Uh, maybe on downs where you absolutely need the possession, uh, a first down, and you're very confident that Mark Andrews is getting that done. But don't change too much of what's been working. The Ravens have been doing very well in his absence. And I know having a guy like Mark Andrews, he's still, in my opinion, probably the best tight end in the league with Travis Kelsey falling off a bit. Having him on the field is better than that. But don't change your philosophy. Don't change your schemes uh, to have him in the field just because. Yeah, Sam, uh, I think you actually you tweeted earlier today and it might be the most true thing I've ever seen on Twitter. I'm just so excited for this game to be over. So I can hopefully never hear the year 2019 ever again, (laughs) because it's just, I need us to get past that. The Ravens fans are holding on to 2019, all that stuff. I'm I'm ready for it to all be gone. But in order to do that, the Ravens defense, we kind of just talked about Kyle Hamilton with Mike McDonald. They're going to need to do better in the secondary at controlling Nico Collins and having less communication breaks and kind of, I guess mistakes that the Browns made. Who do you think on the defensive side is going to be the most important player? I'm leaning towards Kyle Hamilton, but also mm-hmm. Roquan Smith, as you mentioned. I think Roquan's really the guy that gets everybody together. Uh, Kyle Hamilton's just the guy that disrupts everything. I mean, he can play at any position. He could be anywhere and still uh, match up to that position. For instance, he could be at the line of scrimmage and really tell off and become a DB or a safety mm-hmm. or or linebacker, or what have you. So he's really, that's really going to be the difference between what the Browns did and what the Tex, I mean, what the Ravens are going to do. The Browns pretty much played base defense and said, hey, yeah. my guys against your guys, we'll see what happens. And CJ Stroud up to that point has had troubles against man coverage, but he just tore them apart and the Browns were unable to uh, pretty much change their game plan prior to the end of the game. So the Ravens are definitely a different team in that regard. Uh, Mike mm-hmm. McDonald loves to switch things up and make you think post and pre-snap. Uh, so it's really going to be up to C.J. Stroud. If they, were, if they have any chance the Texans of winning, C.J. Stroud is going to be able to have to decipher it pre-snap and then make a decision post-snap that's correct. If not, yeah. it's going to be trouble. 
So do you think, in your opinion, with Nico dealing with Nico Collins, are you moving Brandon Stevens with him? Or do you like, you know, having Ronald Darby and stuff, just kind of keeping the defense the same way we've been doing things? Well, that's a good question. I, I, I'm kind of kind of wanting him to stay with them because that's pretty much their mm -hmm. primary threat. But at the same time, like I mentioned earlier, you don't want to change too much of what's made you great. And having a guy shadow him the whole way really limits what you're able to do on defense in any given snap. So if you had to yeah. put a gun to my head, I'd say let's just play base and let these guys go to work. As long as Ro uh, Rockison isn't really on yeah. as much, that's the concern because Rockison has proven to be a liability on defense. With Marlon Humphrey out, he's mm -hmm. a guy who's going to have to really make plays, something that he hasn't done a great job of so far this season. And Sam, good to see you again, man. I know Sam and I have had our, uh, you know, I, I've gone on his show. He's come on mine. He's a, he's a great dude. And th those memes we were talking about, the one that's my favorite, the Diary of the Wimpy Kid one. I think it was that your first one. Was, was that, that the was first one? And that blew how, up. And I was like, how long does it take you to do something like that? Like putting uh, all the faces on and the captions and everything. It takes about three or four hours at any given one, depending wow. on how long it takes. Some of them can take longer. I'm trying to be a perfectionist in these things, but mm. so, something so happens, I'm curious. I'm curious, like, how does how does the inspiration come I, about? You know, I, I, uh, you, these guys, these guys around here, the panel, <laughs> I, I don't get it. And when I look at them, especially when I look at this guy, Sam, I, there's so many <laughs> things that go through my mind of like, I, I don't know what the hell. I can't believe you're coming up with this. Yeah. What what works for you? Like, how do you sit there and uh, be able to to put this together? I know that's a hard question to ask, but I, maybe I'm is. just jealous. I'm not that creative. It's, it's more like I'm just. I'm really into like media and stuff. I love watching movies and TV shows. And anytime something happens with the Ravens or there's an upcoming matchup and I think about what the narrative is for that situation, a movie or a TV show pops up in my head and I say, okay, let me just try and work this out and try and figure it in. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I have loads of stuff that I don't post because I think it doesn't really fit into that situation. Or I don't think it's going to be funny enough. Okay. I got a question um, now because uh -oh. I, Zach showed me his yeah. uh, Rolodex of drafts. Yeah, my uh, my Twitter <laughs> drafts are uh, it's definitely interesting. Let me pull it up real quick. Well, while he does that, a story about drafts is I also I had like hundreds and hundreds of drafts. You guys are nuts. And then I had I had to change my password because there was some breach mm -hmm. or something. And apparently, when you do that, the drafts go away. It doesn't yeah. save your drafts, and I didn't know that. So I lost like all this kind. I'm trying to think like, what was this one I did like three months ago? Mm -hmm. What was that? Drafts are crazy because you got to scroll. And now, now they have the bookmarks, and I scroll for like ten minutes oh trying God. to find a bookmarked thing <laughs> that I have because yeah. I bookmarked it two months ago and I can't find yeah. it. So it's, it takes me so long to find it. Yeah, here are the here are the drafts. If you, uh, oh my yeah. goodness. Holy is yours yep. is yours as bad as that? Sam? Yeah, mine just, is not that bad. I will say that. I have <laughs> that's like what mine look like. Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, my computer can't take up all that space. Oh my goodness, it's like loads of stuff. Yeah, yeah I there's a lot of there's a lot of in game stuff that uh, like I've shared with these guys after the uh, Chargers game. I had one one tweet about you know this is the worst loss of the season. You know, Brandon Staley <laughs> out coached Harbaugh, and then. It, it we won and it's like that'll yeah. stay there forever though <laughs> you know thank god yeah I, it, it, so I, it drives me nuts oh there there's one of them oh, right there yeah. by the way see that's incredible oh, so good so good <laughs> literally like, that's incredible amazing we need we need more of that we need I'll more try. of that i'll try i've had some fans recently say hey you're being a little too confident we're nervous about the game you know you're being too cocky is gonna affect the game so i'm trying to alleviate some of the fans concerns by being a little 
less hesitant, a little hesitant, I should say, to post stuff. But I really want to post this stuff. It's so funny, but uh, we'll mm-hmm. see. I'll, I'll wait till after the game. To, well, to for, the, for those that don't know, Sam also made, I think, the Ravens hype video that's going around the fan base right now. Yeah. How long did that take you? That took me a week. That took me a week of work. Oh, wow. Uh, it was just compiling videos and thinking about what stuff matches with the moment. I had a lot of, you know, it's not it's not hard to find things that people say negative about Lamar Jackson, but trying to find the things that fit with what was going on at that moment was difficult and trying to, you know, cut it off. So. <laughs> man, he <laughs> does. Yeah, I mean, pe- people love your stuff. Uh, I appreciate Goated you, posts, man. Yeah. Uh, 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 Ryan Ripken Jr., do you have something that you got to say? That is, that is my name. I'm Ryan Ripken Jr. today. <laughs> Usually I'm Rocco. 364 days of the year, I'm Rocco. Today I'm Ryan Ripken Jr. I felt like it was, you know, your dad's the uh, honorary captain for the yeah, game. Rod, so like, yeah. yeah what like are they thinking, by the way? What are, what are we doing? Yeah, why is it not you? Did, I think yeah, they exactly. might have misposted it. I think I they, 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 they meant you. I think they left out. It was supposed to say Cal Rip Jr. Jr., but like they accidentally <laughs> didn't put the other junior. So right. I guess like you know, the Iron Man's got to do his thing, right, Rye? Yeah. I know you hate when I call him that. It's just like probably weird. <laughs> the Iron Man's kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Some That's people. Some the Iron Man's son. Yeah. Are you the Iron that- Son? Iron Boy? Oh, actually, we have another nickname I'm not allowed to say. I could say on here, but to save Sam, we'll tell him Jesus. off the air. Oh, because man. We're, 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 we'll I save really that. want to know. <laughs> I know what it is. Okay, all right. Ryan Ripken Jr., what do you got? Because I've had enough of your antics. I'm saying, well, for I mean, since we're still talking memes and whatnot, and then we'll, we'll get back into more, more Ravens talk. When you're making these, like if you when you've posted these videos, they obviously blow up on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it now, and then mm-hmm. on Instagram – do you think like players have seen it? And if they have, like what, what is their, what has been their reaction? Like, what have they said to you? Have, has anyone reached out? Yeah. Odell Beckham was the one, I think the most famous one that's reached out to me. I've had some former players like Mark Clayton and uh, Jonathan Ogden reach out and just, you know, laugh, but OBJ really liked, I think, well, what was it? It was the one where if you guys are familiar with Brooklyn nine, nine, they have like a, mm-hmm. yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, a Backstreet Boys uh, meme that goes around and around like, a really like for like, Three or four years that I posted, but he really liked that one. So uh he he liked that one. There was another one where I kind of uh took a jab at him a little bit that really was really popular. I think it was from Step Brothers. Uh oh, some yeah. of the players like that one. OBJ didn't comment on that one, of course, because it was not going a little bit, but it's all in good fun. The players know that I love them and I love their craft. So no hard feelings. They gotta awesome. keep it light. Yeah, I love it. Well, getting back to the actual game. Yeah, there's a game. Sam, yeah, there's, 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 there's a game. There's a game. There's a game. Little 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 important. There's been this conversation going on about, you know, these two teams played in week one. The Ravens won that game 25 to nine. And all the talk has been, well, you know, that was CJ Stroud's first NFL game. It was D'Amico Ryan's his first NFL game as a head coach. And it's a different Texans team. It hundred percent is they're on fire. CJ's playing great, but the Ravens offense in that, and the Ravens in general, honestly, they're a different team too. I mean, Lamar was sacked four times in that game. There wasn't necessarily a rhythm, and that was to be expected. It's a new offense. Lamar and Odell's first game together. Lamar and Zay Flowers. There, Things were kind of, they were moving pieces, and we saw over the course of the first couple of months, they were trying to find their rhythm, trying to get to where they wanted to be and trying to peak, but you don't want to peak in September or October, and you want to peak now, mm-hmm. and it feels like that's what they're doing. So based off of what you've watched and what you've seen here, how different is in particular the Ravens offense from where they were in week one to now night and day. It's almost, it's almost unbelievable to watch. If you really look back at the film, the Ravens were 
still searching for an identity. A lot of their base concepts were still with Greg Roman. Uh, if you if you looked at the film, mm -hmm. you saw that they were really using a lot of what Greg Roman had implemented, and you just saw little sprinkles of Todd Munkin. And now it's just like it's Todd Munkin's offense. It's Todd Munkin's offense, and you might get some read option, some RPO once or twice, but it's really Todd Munkin's offense now. And Lamar looks way more comfortable now than he did in the first couple of weeks of the season. He looks comfortable in the pocket. The offensive linemen are looking like they are buying in. The receivers are definitely buying in, which I think is an un, uh, undiscovered part of what the offense has been able to do so far at the end of the season. So, yeah, the offense is definitely completely different. If I were an analyst or someone who watched film, I definitely wouldn't even look at that game. Just maybe look at the players and see how they've improved. But don't use week one as a measuring stick for what's going to happen in this division around us. Two completely different teams. Well, speaking of that, now that you're on this subject, we wanted to actually play a clip that Dan Orlovsky talked about when the Ravens and the Texans played in week one because he was making some points that were a little bit more favorable to the Texans. We want you to listen to it and our listeners listen to this, and then we're going to react on the other side. So here is Dan Orlovsky talking about the week one matchup that the Ravens had with the Texans. It's different this time around, Dan. Well, I don't know if they cruised, to be honest with you. I thought this defense held Baltimore in check for the most part. And it was because of two things that stood out. One, Baltimore could not get to those linebackers for Houston. I thought Houston's inside linebackers versus Baltimore's run game were too quick. The diagnosis was too clear. And that's what led to so many short yardage games or even tackle for losses. Perryman was fantastic in this football game. And it'll be interesting to see how Baltimore tries to try and handle those guys because that's been the story of Houston's season defensively. Now, that led to so many second and longs and then in turn, third and longs. And again, this is the identity of Houston. On third down, they're going to come after you. Six guys up at the line of scrimmage, they're going to play man coverage. And the games that they play, Marcus knows this, the internal games that they play with those guys up at the line of scrimmage cause problems. That's a third and six interception that took away points off the board. Here's another six guys up at the line of scrimmage. They're going to play man coverage on the back end. Both linebackers up in the line of scrimmage. They're forcing, again, people to think, and they're going to bring one linebacker, the backside safety, drop the other guy to carry the vertical, and Lamar Jackson with an unblocked defender is going to try to run away, and they did a great job of running towards Lamar's upfield shoulder, meaning not allowing him anywhere to go, and then again, an all-out pressure with everybody at the line of scrimmage, and Baltimore not being ready for it. So, for Baltimore, can you handle the linebackers for Houston in your run game? And then for Baltimore offensively, are you going to be ready for the certain and specific pressures that Houston's going to bring mm. if you can get into those third down situations? So I, I always love Dan Orlovsky breaking it down. I think he's very realistic yeah. and he's able to really explain why. And, and he does a great job of that. Having said that, <laughs> we, did, did just, we did just mention the week one Texans are different. C.J. Stroud was a rookie, obviously. We know that. And, and the Ravens' defense was very strong. So it was the Texans. But people do forget Todd Munkin first game, Lamar Jackson's first game back after the injury. And there was a lot of different pieces. So, Sam, I'll ask you, hearing from Dan, do you have as much concerns what, on Dan specifically talking about with pressure for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Or do you think they have learned a lot from that week one kind of defensive scheme that the Texans brought them. Yeah, they learned a lot. That that That's actually pretty funny that I – because I was just looking at that film a couple of days ago. Yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. In fact, the Texans would kind of be crazy to run man coverage like that against the Ravens now. Uh, a lot of teams are really doing the zone type of thing uh, with the containment. But one thing I will say about D'Amico and something that he's really done 
uh, throughout the season. He will bring the heat. He will bring pressure. He's one of those teams that are not afraid to send those blitz packages. If you remember back against the Dolphins and the 49ers, the, the 49ers and the Dolphins did not play around. They were terrified of Lamar's ability to run with the football and really play the containment and left those linebackers a spy or watch those tight ends and some of the uh, wide receivers running those drag routes. So something that you're not going to see normally, but if D'Amico Ryans does it, I think the Ravens are going to have a plan for it, obviously. Uh, one of the good things about this matchup is the Ravens pretty much assumed that they'd have to really strategically prepare for the te Texans because the Dolphins they play late in the season, the Steelers they're familiar with to play later, the Browns are someone they play later. So they, these are teams that are either in the division or someone they play late. So they've had a couple of weeks to prepare for the Texans. I think they're going to have something to prepare for them for sure. And Sam, let's not forget that first game of the season for the Ravens, none of their starters – really saw a breath in preseason games at all. So that was their first real game in Todd Munkin's brand new offense. There was some rust. I remember having this conversation on the Ryan Ripken show back, like I think after week one or two or three, and it was like, are we concerned about Todd Munkin's offense? And we said, no, give it some time, give it until about week seven to 10. And then you can start making, you know, deciding on whether this offense sucks or not. Clearly it doesn't. Clearly Lamar has flourished in this offense and, and so have other guys. And it's great to see flip into the defensive side of the ball because we're always going to, you know, people are going to look back. They're going to compare week one to now because that's that's just what people do. That's just what the, yeah. the deal is. And that's the last time these two teams faced off. Obviously, the Texans have gotten so much better. C.J. Stroud has developed into a fantastic quarterback. Not that he wasn't coming into the draft, but, like, I mean, the guy looks like a superstar. He's, he's done great things. Here's one of the biggest keys in this game, I think, and it, he could play a factor, but Kyle Van Noy was on his couch week one. He was kind of an afterthought in the NFL. Nobody wanted this guy. And the Ravens call him up. He makes his debut with the team week four. How big of a factor do you see Kyle Van Noy playing in this? Because, I mean, that's a guy who, who set a career high with nine sacks and I think just 13 or 14 games played uh, this season. And if you can, C.J. Stroud, if you can touch on his improvement this season as well, because Texans fans, they're loving this guy as they should. I have been high on CJ Stroud since week one. His maturity from week one till now has been crazy. And I was very high on him after that Ravens game in week one. So I think CJ Stroud is amazing at making decisions post-snap. I think that his ability to break down zone defenses is really going to be the test for Mike McDonald because I know he likes to play a lot of zone and not much man. Uh, so in that regard, yeah, CJ Stroud is the absolute beast. To piggyback on what you said with Kyle Vanoy, yeah, he was in the couch. He wasn't here for week one. All that's going to help because they're going to send pressure. They're going to want pressure on him because he needs to make those decisions, C.J. Stroud, very quickly within three or four seconds and having a guy in your face, you don't have to bring him down to every snap, but just to be in his peripheral, in his, in his, in his zone, in his comfort zone, just knock him down, make him uncomfortable, kind of what they did with Brock Purdy. That's going to be the game, I think, for sure, on the Ravens' side. As, as you mentioned, C.J. Stroud is – is phenomenal. Definitely going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league moving forward. Yeah, CJ Stroud, honestly, I think is my favorite quarterback outside of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> like, I think I, 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 Lamar Jackson won. CJ Stroud, I love watching him play. I, I know Zach's eyes for a second was like, whoa, wait a minute. On game game week, like, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> just not on game week, man. I, wow. I, I, well, okay, time <laughs> talk out. to me Sunday. We can talk about <laughs> CJ Stroud and top, you know, favorite non-Lamar quarterback. But okay, 
Giants. We, hey, respect game. And that dude with D'Amico Ryans, imagine being the worst team. We're going to talk about this later on. Imagine being picked to be one of the worst teams. You, mm -hmm. you Everything was a mess. You come in, and not only do you win your division, you win a playoff game, and now everyone's thinking there. I, I, I wouldn't – I don't know anybody outside. I know other people are going to say Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson as far as we know how we feel with Lamar, but I'm saying the yeah. other audience here. CJ Stroud, for me, I don't know if there's a quarterback outside of those other guys that I'd want for the next 10 years. Yeah. Just watching him is yeah. so amazing. It truly what? is. It, he's given the yeah. Texans fan base so much belief. Like, yeah. you see the comments on social media, and, like, D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud have the Texans fans believing that, that they can win this whole thing. And whether they do or not, that, that's one thing. But the belief that a head coach that's a rookie – a quarterback that's a rookie have given the Houston Texans fan base is incredible. It's really cool to see for the city, but Ravens fans don't care about that on Saturday. They're, they're ready to kind of put that Cinderella story to rest, but we will see what happens after the game ends. And then we, we can have that talk again. Well, I, I think a way to put it, if you're, if you don't want to get into the, you know, let's praise CJ cause you know, Ravens and this all, but you still want to <laughs> praise him is what quarterback are you taking yeah. over CJ Stroud or what quarterbacks are you taking over CJ Stroud right now? Lamar's one, but yeah. is there maybe, maybe hey, Josh well, Allen, maybe if, Mahomes. If, I mean, if you then have to enter into the contracts, best bang for your buck. I think he's one, one because he's on his rookie deal playing like this. I mean, if you want to bring in who on their current contract, would you want love CJ Stroud? Well, and also, too, if you want to add that part is they don't have Tank Dell, dog, by the way. And yeah. so him, oh. Nico Collins, they add some more pieces around. I mean, Devin Singletary has been very serviceable for them. He's had good moments, unfortunately, if you drafted Damian Pearson fantasy football like I did. And I know, Zach, you. Uh, yeah. uh, I did it, too. No, oh, guilty, too. guilty. I traded him away for Nico mm. Collins. Okay. Straight up. Cool. Hell of a yeah. trade for me. Sorry, Zach. You just suck no at one, fantasy, loser. No one, Ryan no, Ripken and Ryan Ripken Jr. both won their fantasy leagues. Hi, hey, I, won, I won two out of five locked on Ravens fantasy leagues so this did, year. Yeah. Ryan Ripken Jr. Jr. over here. He won his fantasy league as well. I'm talking about Kevin Oysterstriker. Yeah. Oyster Shucker. Oyster Shucker. Yeah, there you go. Whatever. Guys, you guys are good kids. Well, uh, Kevin, I know you have a question here in a second, but for those that are tuning in, if you're new to it, uh, hit that like and subscribe button. Thank you. For, for tuning in for, for if it's your first time, thank you for our normal. I see a lot of our, our normal audience, normal audience, unique New York. There we go. A little <laughs> anchor man to get that back on track. Um, but uh, appreciate you guys as always. It's so much fun. And, and I know Brad has polls up and we have a lot of great comments. We really do appreciate it. And just so if you're new to it, got Sam and Joku with Ravens Talk podcast. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram. He's amazing. Uh, we have Kevin Oyster Striker, who's locked or locked on. Locked on. Um, locked on Ravens. Yeah, My locked name, on Ravens. Full government name. Yeah. So why, why don't you go ahead, Kevin? Because I know you have another question. Yeah. Well, Sam, when I had you on Locked on Ravens, we talked about Ronnie Stanley. And, and that was our yeah. topic in the offensive line for the Ravens. And at that point, it was Stanley was really struggling with whether it was coming back or the knee injury he had. But I think this offensive line rotation has kind of solved a lot of Baltimore's issues in terms of getting Stanley rest in game. They've done it with Morgan Moses, too. And also for defensive linemen, for pass rushers, they're trying to time up an offensive lineman throughout the course of a game and trying to see where can I exploit this and what move is that. When you have to face two, three, four different tackles in a game, 
it, it can get weird for you. So John Grenard is awesome, right? 12 and a half sacks for Houston. Will Anderson's been a beast for them. They have interior guys like Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins there. But has the tackle rotation, because that was Zeitler, Linderbaum, they've been great on the interior all year. John Simpson's been good. But has this tackle rotation kind of inspired you a little bit that the Ravens can now hold their own and keep Lamar clean in that pocket for four or five seconds without having to worry about a guy coming off the edge or winning really fast at the tackle position? I think so. Now, this will be a big test because I don't think the Ravens have played a defense kind of like the way the Texans are going to possibly play, which is bringing six or seven guys on uh, passing downs consistently, something that they really didn't have to worry about against the 49ers and Dolphins and yeah, certain situations. But for the most part, you know, the, the 49ers are playing scared, I, I thought, and on defense. So this would be a big test for them. If the rotation continues to work, that'll do numbers. That'll do great wonders for Lamar Jackson because then you can spread out the field more. You don't have to bring a running back or a tight end or even a fullback, Patrick Ricard, to chip in or help out. And that that there'll be too much to overcome. You have OBJ, St. Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, Bateman, uh, Likely, Andrews. I mean, look at all these names I'm, I'm throwing out there of guys that the Texans have to account for on any given down. So having a guy like Ronnie Stanley there and maybe Makari coming in and spelling for him and consistently solidifying that side of the football and keeping Lamar clean is just going to be wonderful for the Ravens offense moving forward. Zach. You just brought him up a little bit. Odell Beckham Jr., playoff Odell, first time in Baltimore. What are your expectations for the wide receiver? I expect him to perform. I think he he's hungry. He really wants this. He knows that this is really a contract year for him. If he has yeah. the type of game he had leading up two years ago with the Rams when they won their mm -hmm. Super Bowl, if he is anywhere close to that type of performance, he's going to demand some money, and he may be – Playing this stuff out of Baltimore, but this is a yeah. big test for him. Getting the second ring, getting a chance to complete the story, finish it, play throughout the entire Super Bowl, and actually contribute. He was on, I think, the uh, uh, Punchline podcast, I think, or I can't remember what it's called, but, yep. Uh, yep. with the Mama Humphrey. Yeah. And he was talking about how uh, he felt being in that Super Bowl that moment. So I think this is going to be big for him. I think he's going to be amazing. He's done wonders for mm -hmm. guys like Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers and returned them again and ready, especially Zay Flowers. So I expect him to be a beast. He's going to be a, he's going to be a problem that defenses are going to have to deal with. Yeah, in big moments, I want a guy like Odell out there. I mean, he's just whenever it's the whenever the lights are the brightest, Odell just always seems to come up with a big Every play. Time. He loves he Every loves time. it. He he embraces it, and he even talked about it on some of the clips that have gone yeah. around. I think one of the clips that was going around on on the podcast was OBJ saying he would have been the Super Bowl MVP, and he very well could have mm -hmm. but and he was saying because of how dominant cooper cup was that teams are gonna have to make decisions and obj was balling out that game but you can just tell if a big moment's there he wants to be a part of it he's not shying away from it and that's what you want and especially for a team that's trying to go somewhere with a lot of players that haven't experienced going to a super bowl i mean unfortunately for a lot of ravens fans 2012 run not many guys left. I mean, is no. it is it it's just Tucker. I think it's, it's Tucker it's, and that's Tucker. it. Yeah. It's Tucker, right? So mm -hmm. just to prove that point, um, it's great to have that type of you know leadership or a guy that's been there and a guy that embraces what what the biggest moments of the game uh that you look to have or you look forward to seeing in it. Um before I have one thing real quick, I was looking at it. By the way, um, I know that our our viewers, I said something the same of our normal crew. I just meant that the people that are with us all the time. Lord knows I am not normal. And if you guys saw <laughs> behind the scenes, 
And maybe we we're actually going to offer some different packages so you can get the full exclusive feeling of the Ryan oh, Rifkin show. Wow. If it's you, an experience. If, it's if, an experience. If, if these walls could talk pre-show, it was not yeah. pretty, to say the least. Sam, don't judge me yet. I think we're building something here, a good friendship. I, I feel yeah, it. I can I like feel it. it. Um, and also welcome some, even if you're not rooting for the Ravens, you know, Texans for the win. We'll see you right there. That's out of there. But guess what, Brad? I think as great as that is for the Texans, I wish you well. Not this year. This is the Ravens year. That's what we're all hoping for in Baltimore. Um, Brad, I think there's a video out there. Another video, I think, that the Ravens officially released. Um, yeah, actually, break that's break breaking news. Breaking news. Ooh. We got we got the uh the uh the Ravens hype video is officially out. We're gonna react to it on the other side. Real quick, I I wanted to also just point out that uh we have the highest poll uh engagement ever on the show. Yes, awesome. Awesome. Wow. Wow. so make sure you guys are on the poll. Uh, it is about Lamar Jackson. We are gonna be talking about that specific topic, but yeah, take a look at this video because it is pretty freaking amazing a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step no one tells you how many nope. it takes oh no to get to the end i'm out We've let's start this again our crooked course <laughs> this is electric hey again. brad brad you just gotta act out i know I'm dude i'm ready to run through a brick wall right now just I'm <laughs> when i see brad when i see brad up there ready to run through a brick wall oh yeah <laughs> ready man hold on hold on a second all right yeah here we go brad here we go take two a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. No one tells you how many it takes to get to the end. We've lost count along our crooked course. But the answer is at least one more. The nameless and faceless haunt our path. They've seen how far we've come, but they live in the past. That Ravens came out cold and rusty. Hoping we failed. Dying for our story to end here. So they can tell you we saw that coming. No one sees us coming. But oh, there's so much more to see. The haters and the hated, they're all in our way. I'm ready. We haven't come this far and worked this hard to back down now. We know where this path leads. And in these do or die moments, we don't blink. Celebration time! Wallace in the end zone! We saw it out Touchdown! We have further to go. Pretty awesome stuff. Uh, for, I just want to say before anybody else reacts, whoever does the voice over the voice actor for, for all the Ravens content is amazing. That dude oh, yeah. is incredible. So Best in the league. Best in the league. So should, should we hire him to the Ryan Ripken show? Do we have yes. that in the Ryan Ripken show hype video? Or that would be that would be electric. That would be electric. He could you do know what? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, Brandon feels a certain type of way in the comments, but um, I and, and but you know what? 
it's it's it, Sam. I think what we're getting to this. This is you can just feel it in the air. People are are fired mm-hmm. up about this game. I think there's there's no way around it. Uh, the anticipation, the excitement. It's going to be a cold game in Baltimore. It's it's going to be frigid. But the Ravens are trying to do something. I know we'll get you out of here. The Ravens are trying to host their first AFC Championship game. They've done a lot of things over their history of their franchise since 1996. The one thing that they haven't done is have a AFC Championship run through Baltimore. And I think that's what all fans are hoping for because it's been awesome for the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. Everyone will say it doesn't matter where, as long as they get there. But can you imagine, Sam, this city, things being able to experience it the day of? Because right now, being here, you can just sense that that Baltimore is ready to erupt and is dying for a moment like that, uh, that they've really waited three decades for. Yeah, and it's crazy. They've been around since 1996. All the accolades, all the accomplishments, two championships, four AFC championship games, none in Baltimore. That's nuts. And you mentioned it right in the head. If the Ravens win this game, it's in Baltimore, and that's huge. Let's be honest. The Super Bowl is never going to be in Baltimore. Yeah. Mother is not, you know, have the dome. It's just too many factors against uh, Baltimore having that championship. So this will be the closest thing to an NFL championship the Ravens fans will ever get. And they have it in Baltimore. All they have to do is beat the Texans, beat a team that they've beat before and who's they've beat in the past. They have the tools. They have the players. They just need to get it done. So I, I know Ravens fans are super excited about it. They they feel it. They feel it could happen. But, you know, they, they need to see it because of past experiences, which I get. But you know, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be quite a ride. I'm, I'm very looking forward to it very much. So, I'm let's hope. Out. I am pumped. I'm yeah. like Roquan Smith is making his home playoff debut, like home playoff debut at M&T Bank Stadium. Twenty six year old Roquan Smith. Where's where's his heart on his sleeve? What's that? Twenty six year old Roquan Smith. I can't oh my, believe that. It's crazy, man. He's four years younger Wait, than I am. Roquan's like, only twenty six. Yeah. yeah, Roquan yeah. is yeah. only twenty six. Lamar, Lamar's older than Roquan <laughs> Smith. <laughs> like, Sam, for guys what? like that, for, yeah. for Roquan, who's a leader who absolutely loves to play at the bank, he's like, lock the gates. We'll tell the security guards to let him out when we want to let him out. Like that's what he said earlier in the season. Like it, it's it's electric. And for for Zay Flowers as a rookie. Being able to do that the first year in the league, I think he is going to ball out, and and you're going to see him have a game as well. I mean, the bank is going to be electric. Can't wait. Yeah, Rokron Smith, to your point, he is going to be the difference maker, I think, for this defense. I think in the past you've had, you know, good offensive, Lamar Jackson being an MVP in 2019. This is the first time since Ray Lewis retired where they have a mouthpiece for this defense, somebody who can rally the troops, get them together, get them organized when there's chaos. Roquan Smith is the unsung hero of this team. And the fact that he's going to play his first playoff game in Baltimore, which I didn't really consider, all the more reason why they have to get this done. It's it's all signs of pointing to Ravens, possibly making a huge run. So definitely looking forward to it, man. 26, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think right. we, I don't think right. any of us can get over this. Every time we yeah. bring it up, Unreal. it just shocks me even more. I feel I like he's, one, been dominating in this league for like eight years, but he he's one of the younger guys on the defense. It's the way he carries Dude, himself and yeah. the way he speaks. Yeah. Like, and, he and, does, and for him, like, an away playoff game is one thing, like in Cincy, playing there, but playing a home. Your first home playoff game at the bank for him is like, I mean – that guy's going to turn up. It's I, I would not be surprised if he doesn't wear sleeves under what he's wearing. No he's chance he wears sleeves. No he's chance. Warm. Come on, Rock. In this economy, yeah. dude, 
Come on, dude. He no stays chance. warm. You know how he stays warm? He puts, oh, and I, I learned this is like something, it like closes up the pores, but I'm not a oh, doctor. Okay. Like rubbing mm -hmm. Vaseline on your arms. Oh, yeah. On mm -hmm. your skin, it like closes the pores. And that's how a lot of these guys stay warm. I, I had no clue. I just yeah, didn't I tell you that? Freezing my ass off for the longest time. So, so wait, so Rocco, you would, you would, you would, you would, uh, <laughs> Lube up then for it? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, would that change how you I'm not doing them? this for the second straight week where you guys do <laughs> nothing? Be uh, I would I, gasoline on my arms, Ryan Ripkin. Mm, you, okay. you almost got you. Almost uh, had you. You're good. I actually do remember, though, it was the year that Jamal Lewis was going for the rushing record, and they were playing in Cleveland. I went to the game, and uh, I guess that was about 20 years ago. Wow. Holy shirts and pants, time's flying. But I remember Ray Lewis up close and personal. The two things I thought in that game was, wow, pregame, Ray is yoked. The second thing is, why does it look like it's just glistening? It was because he had Vaseline on his arm to stay warm. It was freezing in Cleveland. Jamal Lewis balled out. Unfortunately, didn't break the record. But uh, those are the takeaways I had from going to Cleveland and the Ravens won. Um, I just can't wait. It's going to be such a blast. I hope we can get back here and continue to talk about this. And Sam, if if you don't mind wanting to come back on and deal with us and deal with Zach and I try, you know, <laughs> I would love to. Let me know. Thank you, tell Sam. me, tell me, you. give me time and place. I'll be there. You guys are definitely building something awesome over here. Love this podcast. You guys are hey. doing great things. So, oh, just give me a time. I'll be there. I'll fly down there. You guys know I'm in Vegas, but yes, you know, I'll, yes. Be, I'll be there. Fly be down there. here, and you can see the studio. We actually oh, yeah. have a, a combination right now. So for the moment. Uh, Kevin's right at the sign, right at the height of the sign back here behind Zach. Yeah, well, no. we're, we're also you haven't met Nick Moore yet, but Nick Moore and Kevin are going to get smelling salts and do the Oklahoma drill. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, I've been training. I've been training. Yeah, yeah. Nick what, just has to, you know, get cleared by the Ravens after yeah. the Achilles injury. Nothing big. Yeah, no, the Ravens no haven't signed off on. Yeah, that no yet. big hurdles or anything that we have to get through to have this happen. Yeah. No, no. No, not yet. But but Sam, we we taking up your time. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to plug? Ravens Talk Podcast. You're on Instagram. You're on Twitter. We're gonna get clips out here, so they're gonna see a lot more of your face as well for our awesome. audience. But anything else that you want to say before we get you out of here? Oh no, that's pretty much it. You guys have been awesome, and thank you to the Ravens fans who uh, taking me up with open arms. I know this is my first year as a podcast, but you know I appreciate all of the support I've gotten from other podcasters and uh, fans alike. But yeah, follow me on Twitter X or whatever I IG. Uh, wherever you can find me, and you know, go Ravens! Hell go yeah, Ravens. Hell yeah. Go, go Ravens, Sam. Well, you enjoy the rest of your night. I will bother you maybe in like an hour, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> uh, but you enjoy the rest of your night. Go Ravens, and we'll talk after this Texans Ravens game. All right, sounds good. All right, everyone, Thanks. Sam and Joe. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Have a good one. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing. That great was great. Guy. Great. One guy. of the best content creators. Like he's awesome, man. Ravens. He's so good, especially those so videos. Creative. Oh just creativity. God. Yeah. Unreal. The the videos that he does, unreal. Unreal. That was awesome. Well, and you know, I just love the fact that he just loves this team. He loves talking ball. He loves mm -hmm. to have the conversation. That's what we like to do here. And we like to mess around and joke around. But at the end of the day, it, we we learned a lot from it too, and we also find out that a lot of people can see the games in different different ways, and also maybe they see it in the same exact way. Uh, and we all like. I think Sam is liking joking on Rocco too. I think he enjoyed that as well. I think that's a common denominator. And Rocky were so close to slipping yeah, up. Oh. Whatever, whatever. I'm not slipping up again. No chance. Uh, how dedicated do you have to be to stay that tapped in from Vegas in a different like time zone? 
the way he's doing that and the way he's keeping up with and like you probably what you have to get up like three hours earlier than every well not three hours but like that i mean technically yeah like he's getting up at like what for for ravens games if it starts at one he's getting up at watching the games at 11 tuning in doing that it's like most people are up by 11 o'clock on sundays yeah yeah not, you, not, not, not everyone's on a bender uh every every <laughs> night of the weekend uh yeah. i'm not zach is zach's the jabroni whoa I don't yeah, know about that. But, well, like, no, no, he's right about that. He's right about yeah. that. But you well, know, you, I try. Yeah, I was actually, I was actually jealous that I could see out his window and it looked like the sun was still out. That, that was, that was, I was a little jealous. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I it mean, is 10 a.m. Joe's right. I'm an idiot. Never we, was know. Great. <laughs> we, we know. We know. We're, we're yeah. well aware. But everyone, if if you're just tuning into the show, welcome to the Ryan Ripken Show. We try to do this. Every Monday and when or Monday Monday and Thursday, things are going to change as we move into the spring. But we have a special on Saturday morning. We are going to be right here doing a pregame show. We're going to get it out of the way earlier. So wake up, join the show with us as we get fired up for this big game. And why it's in the morning as well, because some of us, you know, we're going to the game and and uh, we want to enjoy it at the end of the day. We'll give you some content as well. Uh, if you're in the lots, shoot me a message. I think Zach will be somewhere too. Yeah, I'll be making my way around the lots. That's terrifying. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're you're, you're the last yeah, person I mean, who I would want to see coming up to me at a tailgate. Honestly, like why? I, because you would be like, holy crap, is that Zach Bollinger from the Ryan Ripken show? Because I because I hate you. Remember, you're Zach Bollinger. <laughs> no, <laughs> Zach Zach Bollinger, no narcissist. That's yeah, that's what we're Rocco Rocco that. tries to start beef with me on Twitter and then gets upset that I ratio him. Well, no, you get I get ratioed from like all of your seven burner accounts. I'm sure those are the people. I wish I had you. seven burner accounts. Yeah, it's only three or something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna keep moving with the content. So if you're just tuning in and you want to go back and watch some of this episode, we just had a great conversation with Sam and Joku with Ravens Talk Podcast. He's phenomenal. We did talk about Bill Belichick uh, possibly going to Atlanta, possibly. Yeah. Also touched on uh, Mike McCarthy staying with Dallas. And we're going to dive into a little bit more Ravens. This has been a really good show. I mean, Brad, I think we're you're you're hurting us well. I think it's moving pretty uh, swiftly. What? No, no, I'm just saying I'm trying. trying. You're trying. Tr oh, I'm, oh, I thought you were saying Ryan. So trying, I Ryan, th same I thought you said Ryan, too, and I thought he was about to be like, you've done horrible. <laughs> I thought he was about <laughs> we're to hand, just We're handing the keys you. back to Zach. No. Oh. I, feel like, I feel like Ryan from The Office, remember when he took over his uh, – like the head of Dunder Mifflin completely. And then like the next season, he was back at the bottom of Dunder Mifflin. Like this is, I feel like I had my rise and fall very yeah. fast. Well, fun fact, actually, my dad grew up next door neighbors with Toby from the office. Oh, like the, they, know, they know each other. I've never met him. The unfortunately. strangler, but a uh, small world, yeah. small like, world. Like me, Toby was a uh, Temple University alum. So yeah, didn't have yeah. to make it about yourself. It tells you no. I'm saying it. It tells you a lot about me that Toby and I went to the same university. That is so fact. <laughs> everyone actually, hates yeah. him, and I feel like everyone also hates me. So it's like understandable. You make a great point. You make That's a correct. great point. Yeah. That's yeah. right. All right. So back to our scheduled programming, and this is somewhat <laughs> scheduled. We do get off topic here, but we're gonna dive back into more Ravens. But we wanted to go to something real quickly because we thought it was spicy. It was caliente, which I think is hot in Spanish. That's what at least my teammates told me when I was playing. It. So one of the topics was we we're all aware as a group here. Is show of hands here? Do you guys know what PFF is? Yeah. Yes. Rocco. Rocco. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. My bad. Goodness. <laughs> All right. Drinking. You got me. Caught me at a bad time. 
that's my bad. That is, Check I'm, it out. I'm, that's me. That's my fault. No, no, no. It's Rocco. But anyway, yeah. PF Pep, hey, Rip and Rock. And we're going to have that hey. fired up in the in the spring. We got more coming with that. So stay tuned. Stop traffic. But J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt brought up PFF recently. That's why we're talking about it. He won the Pat McAfee show because players kind of taking offense to the grading system. And, and Kevin, I think we talked about this for a second, uh, and I'll let you explain this later, but the PFF, just so I know, and you can explain real quickly, it's just a grading system, how PFF, Pro Football Focus, right? Yes. How yes. they view um, their statistics or their their grading system. Yeah, it, it's essentially their metrics. So they, they have their system, whether it's offensive line grading, quarterback grading, all the positions, and it, it's what they deem, you know, if, if a tackle loses a rep, Maybe, Ryan, you might think he loses it, but I don't think he loses it. We grade it differently. So it just depends what your system is, and this is PFF system, essentially. All right, and that's a great way to describe it. Now let's hear what J.J. Watt said, because I'll be honest, whatever system it is, if it's not one of the coaches or people in that building, he doesn't really give a shit. So let's listen to J.J. Watt, uh, his feelings about PFF on the Pat McAfee show. And Allen on the right note, uh, PFF sucks. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> wow. Why? That's... Okay, <laughs> nailed it right on the right on the screen. I feel like you nailed it. I, did, I do feel like you nailed it. That, that, was, that was a Pablo Sanchez nuke to right field. Yeah. Boy, that's Good JJ's shit. war. Good shit, JJ. Yeah, that's JJ Watt. We did not script that. Okay, before this even gets into this. Son of a bitch. Jeez, Louise. Chris Collinsworth is going to invite you out to Cincinnati. Yep. <laughs> Kick your mm -hmm. fucking ass. That's fine. That's fine. I shoot it like I shoot it straight, man. I'm shooting it like it is. Like if they want to act like they got some like, like they they come from a very high and mighty place. Like they come oh, yeah. and they speak like they know everything that there is to know about football, and they tell all these players and these coaches yeah. that they're so much smarter and that they're so much better and that they have these ways of figuring things out that are so much superior. Um, it's just as somebody who's done it and who's been in those trenches and who knows what it's like and who knows what it's like to have somebody telling you how good you're doing. I mean, I've literally sat in a meeting room with coaches and put the grades side by side from a coach's grade and from the PFF grade. I've done it. And it's not even remotely close. So, like, don't sit here and tell me, like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know uh, how all this works. Like, yeah, I do. I've literally done it. I've sat in that room and done it with coaches in the National Football League. So take your shit and shovel it somewhere else because I'm not dealing with it. Yes! Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Jack and Chris are just... That was good passion right there. They, they can't wait to see Jay. I do hope you guys get a chance to shake some Hans. You know what I mean? I hope you get a chance to shake some Hans and hear what Chris has to say about how they're entire... Because I assume they've heard what you've said numerous times. Now, I will say there was a couple times a few years back where they would put a quote about somebody who stinks or somebody should have a new job. And then they would put PFF Sam underneath yep. it. Uh -huh. And this is before we obviously learned a PFF Sam. Oh, mm -hmm. yep. and his, yeah. his smartness. And we actually said, well, if PFF Sam says it, you know, it, it's got, it's kind of been that way though, since the beginning, like we are the ones who have the answers. We are the ones who know everything about every player. Cause we watched the film and we've all, I think as a football society, have just been like, yep, they do. Okay. It's, it's kind of just become a common part of the process now. So I think a lot of players are going to be very thankful for what you just said, especially the guys who are maybe low rated in the PFF system. Uh, this is like what happened with Madden. You know, Madden yeah. yeah. Madden was the first one that was putting numbers on people. You know, like, hey, here's how good this player is. Here's how good this player is. So outside of the contracts, which is 
putting a number on somebody and how much you're worth versus other people. Madden, this outside company now becomes the company that is telling you that, oh, you're the 10th ranked whatever you are, and it's like, how the fuck do you know? What, what is that even? That, that's a whole thing. So now PFF yeah. is another one. It's interesting whenever you start putting numbers. And I would like to say this. Like, it is nothing against any players. Like, I want every player to be rated as highly as you can find. I don't care. It is nothing against any players, against any of that. It is literally with the system and the way that they do things. So it's it's zero to do with players or how players are graded. I don't care. I want everybody to be graded as fairly and properly as I just I just don't think that's the way it is right now. All right, there's a few things I want to dive into here. First off, I got to give some love on Instagram, by the way, and I'm trying to navigate both screens, which people might not be able to tell. I had one of my former teammates, TD. Which is good. We should get, you guys don't know, but the legend of, of TD, we will get him on here. And TD, thank you. He gave me an 80-grade teammate. Nothing nothing warms my heart more because that's the highest wow. grade I've ever gotten. It definitely certainly wasn't hitting or power. At power, there are some there. Um, BFF, BFF would have given you like a 42. Oh well, that would have been point five, point point five. Thank you, Kevin. You're a good. You're a good kid. You're Secondly, welcome. Pablo Sanchez absolutely uh, is a Stoke. fucking beast. I feel bad. Someone actually posted today. They said uh, on you know about my dad, Calvin Edwin Ripken Jr. being the honorary captain. That's the that, Um, you know, and, and some some people call that. I don't know what you know. Continue. That's not me. Uh, that's Wait, anyway. Wasn't, wasn't your dad what? pretty good at, 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 uh, in backyard sports too? And no, he so he was on the cover of backyard baseball 2001. I played that game religiously, but I hate to tell him the two best players was Pablo Sanchez and then even Ken Griffey Jr. Dog in that game, unbelievable. But Pablo Sanchez is the best video game character of all. Rock, we've talked about this. I, I yeah. think I'd put him up there against anybody. Pablo Sanchez. I think, I think he was our like favorite video game character and like one of the most dominant like when you think of video game characters like sports wise it's like michael vick and madden 04 pablo sanchez in backyard baseball like those those are the two that instantly pop to mind and i'm sure there's a ton of other ones that i'm just missing or not even thinking about right now but right. you you name me two that come to mind it's it's those two right there yeah, yeah we're talking about, about the shirt we're talking about the shirt that jj watt is wearing he's wearing a pablo sanchez shirt amazing Un yeah, unbelievable sick. game I, boy I, advance backyard baseball that that's what I was on growing up. Pablo oh, yeah. Sanchez was the number one. Fans, you played it on. I played it on. P I'm old man. I played it on PC. <laughs> like I played it on PC. Like a desktop PC. Like my mom yeah. would always come in the the room, the computer room, and be like, "Rocco, like what's the score?" And I was like, "It's like ninety to nothing, mom." Like I was just beating <laughs> absolute hell out of the computer, like feeling great about myself. Tells you a lot about me, honestly, like who I am today. But like she would <laughs> she would feel bad for the other team. She's like she's like, "Are you letting them score?" I'm like. Absolutely no. not. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. There's no chance. Pablo this has like backyard baseball game. Pete Wheeler laid down like a few bunts, like 17 stolen bases. Pete like, Wheeler, Pete Wheeler. throwbacks, man. Oh, man. Yeah, the, and you know what? There's two things. Rock and it, Pablo is built for everything, but especially power. Pete's oh. built for speed, speed and power. You're not built for either. But that's what um, I miss. Will Jackson. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so many, yeah. so many. We could go down this rabbit hole. Let's circle back to what 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 they actually were talking about, and that was with PFF. So JJ Watt didn't hold anything back from the start, but it is true, right, guys? That it, the metrics of it are very interesting. I think a lot of people like the idea to be able to see 
well, how are guys playing each week? But the frustrating part is, is that sometimes it doesn't line up to the results on the field, Zach. Mm -hmm. It's, it truly is a metrics of how they're grading it. But the team that you're on, say it was the Baltimore Ravens, they might be viewing how you play completely different. And most, honestly, most teams do. Yeah, PFF is definitely, as you can tell by JJ, JJ's reaction, I don't think a lot of players are fans of it because it is such an interesting mindset in the fact that it is these guys, like Kevin's saying, it, it, it all depends on how they view it. You know, I saw something about Jordan Love and CJ Stroud having pretty much identical stats and then PFF grade, Jordan Loves was way higher than C.J. Stroud. I think it was almost double the grade. People were like, why is C.J. Stroud so much lower? He had identical stats. And it was about one play in the second quarter that they deemed interceptable that was a bad pass, and it tanked his grade for the entire game. So it is a very interesting metric, and I don't, I don't necessarily – go running to it you know if i see something i think more times than not when pff is being talked about if pff is trending it's because they put out a ridiculous list that really didn't make sense to people and that's kind of all i really see from them i i know there are some things that it's good for but i don't necessarily look at it that much yeah i mean i think again people like to line it up yeah. if the team plays well or doesn't play well well how well is it people go how did they grade out because they brought up the madden effect when you look at it as what are they rated? How good am I or how good was I this week? Because it does make you feel good. It boosts your ego. Maybe if, if you're watching your favorite team, did my favorite player play well? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, the person that it irritates the most is going to be the player because most yeah. times than not, it doesn't necessarily happen. I mean, um, J.K. Dobbins, again, another player saying, I, I just let PFF talk. I'm pretty sure none of these guys really know how to grade film. And that's where this conversation that's going – and again, these metrics, I do think, get, bring value to certain people. But when you're in a locker room and you're with a coaching staff, they care about one thing. Are you doing your job that the team is expecting from you? And if you're doing that, they could, they could give two shits about what else is going on around the NFL. Fair to say, Kevin? Yeah. I mean, their metric system, what goes on in that building has nothing to do with what PFF does, right? They grade themselves. And I think Jeff Schwartz, I still can't remember who said it, but it was he said – look, I was graded by my coaches this way, and they said I had, you know, I forget, it was a really low grade. And then he questioned, and he was like, well, why did I get this grade? I played really well, and the coach said, well, I can't submit a good grade in a loss. That's just not how we do things. So every team does it differently, but I think PFF carries a ton of weight, and the Ravens do have PFF beef. I mean, we saw it with the JK tweet there. I think Patrick Queens had some PFF mm -hmm. beef as well. They hate Patrick Queens. So I don't understand it. I mean, I yeah, all these low grades, and you can see a guy have all these plays, but then if they miss a run fit or if mm -hmm. they don't block the way that somebody likes, again, that can carry weight when it comes to maybe you're trying to negotiate. And teams, again, when they're trying to negotiate with a free agent, they, they go with what they feel like. They go with what their grading system is. But for PFF, I think a lot of people do – look at what they say as, oh, well, PFF said it, so that must be what this player is. So when you talk about the narrative surrounding a guy like Patrick Queen, it's, well, PFF has him as a low-graded linebacker. He must not be good. When in reality, yeah. even if he's a low-graded linebacker by PFF, you look at the tape, you look at the film, you look at other grading metrics or maybe other people around the league, 
and it just tells you differently. So I think when these players have these opinions about PFF, it's because it's, I'm not going to say it's taken as gospel, but people value it really, really mm -hmm. highly and it can impact their image and image in terms of their play on the field and impact how people view them on the field. And I think that's where it comes from. Well, they've even brought new stats kind of into the game of football. I mean, I don't necessarily think that hurries and pressures and all of it, it used to be, you know, for a while it was you got a sack right, or you didn't. And now, you know, PFF with all these analytics, they're bringing in the, you know, did he get a pressure? Did he put, you know, whatever, a quarterback hit? There's now so many statistics inside of a sack is he get a quarterback knockdown is different than a quarterback hit because you can hit him and not knock him down it's like there are so many wild statistics that they have for pretty much every single aspect of the game yeah. and in a lot of ways it can just be like i don't want to say overwhelming but when you have that much information you're trying to control and keep track of there's gonna be flaws in. yeah one one quick point i do think it's it's valuable information yeah like i think it's valuable to know mm -hmm. that stuff but when you discount a guy who has 12 and a half sacks let's say because he doesn't have enough qb hurries or qb pressures yeah. it, it devalues their performance mm -hmm. so i think there's value in the information but sometimes i guess it can go too far when you just you look so microscopically into it yeah and and here's the thing I think that metrics, sabermetrics, analytics are all part of the game, right? And we, I think baseball is the most advanced with that. But you see each team has different values. In this case, PFF, because it's non it's not an association with a specific team, but they are putting out metrics, whether you think that they're good or not, is irrelevant. Like I said before, it's going to be about, like you mentioned with Patrick Queen, Kevin, what are you doing that's impacting the team in the game? And Patrick Queen, if you watch him, you can say all you want about a rating you turn on the film or you watch what he's doing on a day-to-day -day basis, he fits exactly what the Baltimore Ravens want and need. All right, we're going to move on here. So if you're new to the channel, again, hit that like and subscribe button. We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson. Before we talk about Lamar Jackson, we're going to tighten the ship up too because we got to get through some things mm -hmm. here towards the end of the show. Well, we're getting there. To get quick there, we got to tighten you, up. Quick thing, we just hit uh, 3,800 subscribers. So thank you, everyone. And if you want to help us get to 3,900, Hit that subscribe button again. We really appreciate What's it. What's happening at four thousand? Oh, we need some five thousand. Well, me and me and Rocco at five thousand are doing the one chip challenge. I think at four thousand, we should honestly like someone needs to bring in smelling salts. And <laughs> in a day where we're all there, we all just do smelling salts right before we do the show. I think that's great content. Rocco just wants to do smelling salts. That's all I've gotten out of this. I feel like every time we Rocco just wants to do smelling well, salts. Well, I, I think that that yeah. is going to happen. I think we've gotten on it because oh, Kevin has to try about four or five different things. Yeah, uh, there's a it's a growing list. We're going to keep yeah. adding to it, I'm sure. You've seen gotta, how, have you seen how big my nose is? Of course I want to try smelling salts. <laughs> Kevin has to do oh smelling salts, then eat an egg on a burger. Something. It's kind of wild. Man, what a day for me that would be. What yeah. a day for me. Yeah. Got that, got that Paisan schnoz. <laughs> oh my. Your nostrils, man. I could flare them. Jesus Christ. Let's get the ship. Yeah, let's again. tighten it. Tighten, tighten it up. Ship. Tighten it up. And also, while we're doing this, let's take a quick ride in our Adams Jeep here as we get into the Lamar Jackson. So ride that Jeep, baby. Kevin, are you riding? I'm, oh, I'm riding. We're I'm riding. riding. Yeah, oh, Brad's, Brad's, looking uh, over the Brad's looking over the steering wheel. He barely got over. Our friends at Adams Jeep, by the way, um, Adams Jeep of Maryland, they're located up in Aberdeen, Hartford County. They also are doing, if you are a card collector and you like, I don't know, a player like Gunnar Henderson, they have a deal going on right now. Uh, if you visit and sign up to ride a car, you have a chance to win a signed Gunnar Henderson 
card. I'll share the post here on the social media, um, but they're great for everything. They've been a great sponsor. We've also proven that uh, they got a great sign, and we have a few members of our group that are taller than the sign. But before we dive in now to the Lamar Jackson conversation, Brad, you have a poll here about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, actually, so, and, and like I said, it is the, the most engaged poll we have ever had. And the question, begs the question, I actually took it from ESPN's first take because they had a huge uh, conversation about Lamar Jackson today. And I just thought it was uh, an interesting one. And I'm also a little bit, I don't know if I'm shocked, but kind of shocked at the, at the landslide vote here. 86 of you guys voted on this poll to the question of must Lamar Jackson have to win a Super Bowl to change his narrative? Now, we always know that, you know, especially as Ravens fans, we know how uh, scrutinized Lamar has been because of the style of play. He's not, quote, quarterbacky enough. He should be a running back or wide receiver, yada, yada. He can't win playoff games. Uh, and so, you know, the, the question was asked on ESPN. We're, we're looking at uh, the, the results here. 70% of you say yes. And I would imagine that the large majority of you are Ravens fans or fans of Lamar Jackson. And even you guys so far, the majority of you are thinking that Lamar Jackson does have to win a Super Bowl in order to change his narrative. And so I uh, would love to uh, share a couple videos from that conversation and we'll start with Dan's uh, Dan's uh, comments on this. Dan Dan Orlowski and and react to this on the other side. We also have Kimberly Martin, so the two conflicting opinions, and then want to get your guys' opinions as well on the other side. So take a listen to this. Well, does not matter. Um, I, I think, and hear me when I say this, Molly, Kimberly, Stephen A, and everybody. This is not pandering. This is not caping. This is the dead honest truth. And there's a little bit of insight to this. People that sound or players that sound look and play like Lamar Jackson were never supposed to win Super Bowls in the NFL. In people's eyes, they were never supposed to win Super Bowls in the NFL. You weren't supposed to be able to stand on the podium and sound the way that Lamar does when he talks or look the way that Lamar does when he talks or play like the way that Lamar plays and win a Super Bowl. You might be good. You might win an MVP. There's people in the league and they have publicly said, I don't care how many MVPs he wins. He will never win a Super Bowl playing quarterback. I don't care what they say. I think Lamar is very aware of that. I think Lamar is very aware of the, no matter what I do, until I win a Super Bowl, people are always going to think that I should have played running back and that people that look like me or kids that look like me or come from the background that I do or sound like I do can't go play quarterback and win a Super Bowl in the NFL. Here's the thing for me, Stephen A., Kimberly, and Molly. We've had other black quarterbacks win Super Bowls in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes has won. Russell Wilson has won. Doug Williams has won. But when we hear those names at quarterback, we think throw first. We think a thrower or a passer first. We don't with Lamar. Most people think runner with Lamar. Most people think of athlete with Lamar. And for him to go win a Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, it completely changes the narrative around Lamar. It completely changes the narrative around that position when it comes to players that look and sound and play like Lamar, not only for people that are close to his age, but kids that watch Lamar. And I think their organization's very aware of it. 
I think their head coach is abundantly aware of it. And I think Lamar is very unapologetically aware of it, that he can't just get there. He has to win it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, so there is a lot to dissect with that. And I know we're going to hear the other part of this. So the, the first thing is just so people, if you tuned in halfway through or right at the end, Dan Orlovsky has just pointed out that the persona and the image of Lamar Jackson and how you're supposed to play quarterback, Lamar broke what, what that looked like in the eyes of everyone to play the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson's transform, transformed the quarterback position. Yes, you had guys ahead of him like a Cam Newton or Robert Griffin III that came in. And granted, the the narrative that happened is that those guys don't last. Mm -hmm. But here we are. Lamar Jackson is on the verge of being a two-time MVP and has the Ravens on the chance or has another chance to be hopefully going to the Super Bowl. They're the number one seed for the second time in the last uh, four four or five seasons. Sorry, 2019, 2019, 20, 21, 22. Five seasons. Sorry, my math a little bit off here. Point being, you hear Dan's side. So just so people understand that, he is pointing out the perspective of the pressure that Lamar Jackson is facing because of what the evaluation of a quarterback to be a winning, Super Bowl-winning quarterback is. Now, Brad, if you don't mind, Kimberly Martin then has another perspective on this that we want to show you, and then we will tie this all together. That he's also playing with. Like, it's not just I'm out there, I'm doing this for myself, for my team. Within that organization, sitting down with members of the front office, talking about what he means to the community and how that's so important. Like his role in Baltimore, it's not just about championships. It's about what he means to this city that's filled with people that look just like him. Like I think the the sure. we're talking about football, but Lamar's place in it goes beyond just the X's and O's and the final scores. And unfortunately, he he won't. He doesn't talk about it publicly, but we all know. Like, we all know the journey that he's on. We all know well, what it's like. he has people close to him who speak for him in that regard. In that regard, with stuff like that, there are people connected to his life yes. who will disseminate that message on his behalf. Yes. He yes. chooses not to do that Yes, himself. yes, 100%. But he is, a, he is keenly aware of, so. of the expectations and what it is to be a guy who's not the the prototypical QB frame, physique, all that. Look, he understands the importance of that. And he's authentic. He is who he is. And there is something that I wish people didn't spend so much time trying to, to nitpick and move the goalposts on him. Because when you spend so much time doing that, you are missing one of the greatest talents right now that we have in the NFL, who we, we, when you celebrate the talents of a Josh Allen and a Joe Burrow and a Patrick Mahomes, not saying they're all equal in talent, but they're all special. And Lamar should be celebrated in that same way. Unfortunately for Lamar, people will not, once he wins a Super Bowl, then no one can say anything. Yeah. That's the shame of it. I agree. And we're going to go around the, the table here, Zach. I'll start with you. But this is the conversation. Lamar is a special player. He's one of the he's, – he's a generational talent. He's one of those players, when you look at a guy even like Kimberly mentioned, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those are guys you want to watch. And Lamar Jackson is blockbuster, must-see TV. And by the way, he's one of the best at what he's done, not just now, but he's going to possibly go down as one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. But we're still having the conversation about – how people view Lamar 
based off of if he wins the big games. And I don't think that that's necessarily, I understand the argument, but it's not necessarily fair either. Uh, two-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowl, future two-time MVP. And yet we are still having the same conversation over and over again. And I'm not sure it will ever end. And I was talking earlier to someone about this. I don't think people are going to truly appreciate how great and how incredible it is to watch Lamar Jackson play football until it's over, until he's out of the league. And then people will look back and realize, holy crap, he was the most electrifying player we've ever seen. And it's because I've seen people say it in the comments and Kimberly put it great. If you are moving the goalposts and you are so focused on nitpicking and finding the little things that Lamar Jackson doesn't do, you're missing the greatest show in football at the moment. You're, you're not appreciating that somebody can put a team on their back. And for the first five years of his career, it was putting the team on his back. He had to go do everything. You know, people get upset and saying, you know, oh, he would have to run for first downs. He'd have to make big plays with his legs. He had to because if he didn't, no one else could. No one else would. And so now he finally has these weapons. He's doing things through the air. He's putting on another MVP season, and yet we still have people saying that you can't win a Super Bowl with him. So Kimberly said, right, after after Lamar wins the Super Bowl, they can't say anything. Yeah, and that that's also the narrative of getting to the AFC Championship, right? Lamar can't get to a championship championship mm -hmm. game. Then it's going to be, well, Lamar can't win a Super Bowl. Until mm -hmm. it finally happens, you're going to keep having that same conversation. And I don't think it's fair. We Lamar is young. We talked about earlier Roquan Smith is 26. Lamar is 27. Just turned 27, like, what, seven seven mm -hmm. days ago? Couple so, ago 11 yeah. days ago. So, so young. And, and right here, uh, Joe S. And, and Joe, thank you for tuning in. When Ravens, when Lamar's on the field, they, they win games. Yep. Nothing but win when Lamar's on. And mm -hmm. Kevin, that's the point. What's the goal? Win games. I know that it's a short sample size for Lamar in the playoffs, but given what he's asked to do, Lamar has done just as much as any quarterback is asked, if not more, so far as his time as quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and I will, I'll never forget the combine in 2018 when Lamar was getting ready to get drafted. And he sat up there on that podium. I tweeted out every combine. And all the questions were about, well, would you consider a change to wide receiver? What do you say to maybe being a dual position player? And he sat up there for a good, really almost that entire interview and was, you know, I'm a quarterback respectfully, you know, I'm a quarterback and I'm a, and that was the whole, the, the whole question. Every, every single question was about that. And it's been about, you know, Zach said, moving the goalpost it's well, he can't play quarterback in the NFL. And then he shows he can do it, which I know a lot of people in Baltimore already believed in. And it's, well, mm -hmm. he can't do it consistently at a high level. Well, he can't win an MVP. Well, he can't win a playoff game. And it, it's just going to continue to move he and can't move go and far move. Now he can't go far in the playoffs. Exactly. And when you look at Lamar's play, has he been up to the standard they've needed him to be in the playoffs? No. no. I mean, we, we can say that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not here to pin it all on Lamar. You, you remember the Titans game? We all do. How many drops did the Ravens receivers have in that game? That's seven. It was yeah. seven drops. If you remember, the play that sticks out to me is that Seth Roberts play that would have probably gone for a touchdown <sighs> if he didn't drop it. Yeah. So, again, I'm not saying Lamar is absolved of all blame and there's nothing to put on him in the playoffs. 
but it's not all on him. And then when and if, you know, I'm going to say when at this point, Lamar wins a Super Bowl, you know, then the goalposts will be moved to, well, he can't win multiple. You know, Mahomes is one, two. He's only one. It's just, it continues to go here. Lamar has proven he is great. He's proven he can win. And if he wins a Super Bowl or when he wins a Super Bowl, Rocco's talked about it, right? We've talked about it on the show, how hard it is to win. I mean, how hard is it to win a Super Bowl, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the list of how many great athletes, how many great quarterbacks have not been able to go and win or they go and they fail. Lamar hasn't done anything in the playoffs yet. We're still sitting here ahead of the division around for Houston. But maybe you look back on this in a month or two months from now. Maybe he's won it. Maybe he hasn't. But regardless of how the playoffs go, it's going to change some of the thought process around him. But like Zach said, I unfortunately don't think all these narratives and goalpost movers are, are going to end because they're going to try to find a way mm -hmm. to discredit him because Joe Burrow didn't play. He, he's exactly it's something. someone who something. can throw for 170 yards or 220 yards mm -hmm. a game, and the Ravens can win by 30. Mm -hmm. And it's not just Lamar that can do that, but you have to be a pretty darn good quarterback to have that where you can impact the game beyond passing yards, beyond passing touchdowns, because defenses are so afraid of you, they have to throw the kitchen sink at you. And you still can't stop them for the most part. Yeah. So it's impressive to me. Yes. And I, I think the biggest compliment I have or what I've realized in any profession is when your peers, not the guys even on your own team, around the league, around the uh, around just in, in circles who know, you know the game or watching of going, he's unbelievable. He, mm -hmm. he is a nightmare to defend. I don't know how to stop him. These are some of the best. These are the best players in the world saying that. That's not analysts saying it. Those are people that have to go out there and try to make plays against Lamar Jackson. And I just I just want to say this. Winning is so damn hard, Kevin, right? You say it all the time. Yes, Tom Brady set the the, the precedent of what happened for him. He, goat for that. You know, yeah. se seven Super Bowls, you kidding me? The culture, the mindset that he he brought to the teams that he was on with the Patriots and the Bucks. But it doesn't discredit the great performances of these quarterbacks. I want people to appreciate Lamar Jackson appreciate that you're watching greatness you don't have to like aaron Rodgers. and aaron Rodgers narrative he can't win the playoffs okay he won a super bowl he's still one of the best quarterbacks peyton manning great quarterback really one of the best quarterbacks of of our time in the nfl right lamar jackson is right up there with all those guys if he wins and when he wins then his name's going to keep climbing up there but unfortunately everyone's going to look at lamar jackson as his style of play is not going to lead to further success well right now it has and the last thing he needs to check off that list is a Super Bowl title. And I expect Lamar Jackson, and I believed him on draft night, that is one of the best um, speeches. I've, And I still go back to watch it. It gives me chills. When he says, it doesn't matter, I'm a Raven. Mm -hmm. They're going to get the best out of me. They're going to get a Super Bowl out of me. Believe that. Believe that. Believe that. That's what you also want. You want a guy that's confident in himself. He bet the house on himself in every part of his career. And... All he's done has been successful. Why not have it one more time? And hey, Kevin, shout out to you from Engraven. Oh, there he is. There he Engraven, is. Engraven, my guy. My guy. That is the go to talk about goats. Yeah. That's the go to YouTube right Raven, there. Oh my God. That's good. It's goat stats. That was yeah. like the OG, like take take Raven's uh Twitter and YouTube to the next level. Yep. And he has, and hopefully, you know, maybe maybe we'll be talking with him in the future. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. But Lamar Jackson, everyone in Baltimore that's watched him has 
and we made this point before, everyone that was a Ravens fan has just been thankful that he is a Baltimore Raven and glad that he's – and we don't want any other quarterback in Baltimore because this is the guy that people are going to talk about for generations and generations mm-hmm. to come. All right, let's move on then uh, a little bit into the show, Brad. I think we – because I, I don't know if Rocco is – he's 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 he doesn't know he's You're muted, muted Rocco. It's all right. I don't want to say anything. Well, that's hard when you're muted. It's hard when you're sitting there. I figured, I figured maybe you bring me back in. I figure I'm sitting behind I the tried, scenes. I'm I tried, working, listen, on, I working on the show for tonight. No, no, this is all on you. I, I took ownership of the last mistake. This is on you because I put it in the private chat that you were muted. I asked you if you're muted. You didn't respond. It's on you. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, that's because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Shut the hell up, Rocco. Yes. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I was like, All right. I was, How does this... I'm sorry. All right, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. All right. Yes. Moving on. Yes, moving on. You're done. You're done. Get out. Yeah, you're moving Lock on. Lock the gates. Lock the gates. I had a great point, but it's okay. Never mind. Your yeah, passion yeah, is doing the mind. Oklahoma drill with Roquan Smith. You're, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps going you're, on. All right. Packers and 49ers. These could be two teams that the Ravens, if they make it to the Super Bowl, will be facing. And, um, Look, there, there is a lot of discussion about Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, uh, you know, and uh, experiencing, quote unquote, rust. John Harbaugh, of course, squashed that. But there's, the, uh, there's another team out there in the NFL that also had a bye week. And they talked about this on the Up and Adams show about Brock Purdy also maybe facing some rust. And I wanted to kind of have you guys watch this. And we can react to it on the other side to get your thoughts on this because the Ravens obviously faced the 49ers and beat the shit out of them. And kind of wondering if maybe, you know, Brock Purdy, first time he's really kind of been in this position, could he face a similar fate that Lamar did back in 2019? So take a listen. Here's the truth. The bad Ravens loss, a bounce back against the Mech commanders, and then two weeks off. How much does it matter? I think it matters a lot. And I was I was going through this last night, like looking at who have they played and when's the last time the Niners have won a meaningful game or a game that like gave them a little bit of a sweat. It's been over a month, right? Like probably seven weeks, almost two months. And I'm looking at it. The Packers have played playoff games essentially for the last five weeks. Like every single week, if they lost, they would not have been in the playoffs or would have been kicked out. So I just think like when the playoffs start, everything resets and the Packers could not really be playing much better. They didn't really give up points to the Cowboys until they put their backups in and really weren't like playing aggressively, trying to play safe and not get hurt. So like as far as meaningful football goes, the Packers have played a lot more really well in the recent weeks. So I don't know. I just this this game feels really weird. Like <laughs> 49ers should win. They have the better roster. They have the better they, they have it all better. But the Packers. All right. So you know, isn't it funny? The Dan Orlovsky, by the way, had his list of quarterbacks left in the in the playoffs, and Brock Purdy wasn't even on his top five for it. And I don't know, Brad, we've been big on Jordan Love. It's been an exciting roller coaster of a season for him, but he's the guy. Dude's a stud. It's a tall task. I think I don't, I don't, I'm not buying that there's going to be a ton of rust with the Kyle Shanahan led team in San Francisco, but I do think the Packers are going to put up a better fight. Yeah, I actually think that, uh, you know, we talk about Jordan Love a lot on the show and you and I were really high on him in, in the beginning of the season, as you, as you pointed out, but 
Jordan Love has also just balled out since week week 11. Uh, I have a – let me just uh, pull this up here real quick because I thought this stat was absolutely insane. Yeah, here it is. So um, Jordan Love, the first part of the season, as you can see here, was uh, 68 passing grade just according to PFF. I know we just talked about them, but hey, whatever. Uh, 14 touchdowns to 10 interceptions and, and a 3-6 and six record. Since week 11 – the unbelievable numbers 21 touchdowns to, to one interception seven and two that's what got them to the playoffs uh i know it was a win uh, winning in type of situation for them but the way they looked against the cowboys they look scary and i'm not gonna rule out anything as far as whether or not they can take it to the 49ers because i actually think that they can and so if I had my money on on any team that was probably the da most dangerous in the NFC right now, I'm going with with the Packers. I know there's the the Lions are out there too, but I mean the most dangerous team. I think it could be the Packers here. If they can get by the San Francisco 49ers, oh, then there we're all off. Uh, if we can get by, if they can get by these the San Fran 40, uh, San Francisco 49ers. But hey, Brock, we've talked about this, and Joe brings it up. You know, why is everyone so quick to say love is good, but Brock has been playing better all year, and still people act like he's not good. It's an interesting point. I think we're just proving that everyone was want, wanting to write off Jordan Love, was saying he's not going to be the guy. The offense has too many other issues, but meaning that he was the reason why the offense was having issues, not the other way around. And Jordan Love just proved to everyone he's the guy the, the Packers have their franchise quarterback again. They've, they've just been on fire with that. No team seems to be doing that better than the Packers. But Rock, Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers, they are where they are because of their system. And Brock Purdy has been the – I know that, that Zach might have some opinions about it, but he's been the conductor of it. I mean – Well, Rocco, why are you muted again? Because I was typing in the background. You want me to type like I'm like trying to yeah, beat the keyboard no, up? Do that. Yeah, uh, that's no, fine for once. I, don't wanna, no, I think – Hey, am I good, dude? Good, Rocco. You done? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think you. I think the difference between the two is that I just different expectations. I mean, Jordan Love coming in replacing Rodgers. People, like you said, looked for a reason for him to fail, and he did not step up to the plate like people had thought in, at first. Oh, and, Brad's got a question or thought. Yeah, yes, Brad. Yes, yes, young Bradley. What would you like to say to the class? Jordan Jordan Love has done a shit ton more with less. Yeah. That's True. the tweet. That's the fucking tweet. Brock Purdy has an all-star <laughs> team that he can just toss yeah. the ball to. Another MVP candidate on, on that same side of the ball and Christian McCaffrey. You got Debo. You have George Kittle, one of the top five tight ends in the league. What has Jordan Love had to work with up to this point? So that that's that's what that's the answer. That's the answer. Jordan yeah. Love is yeah. a lot more yeah. with less. No, I agree. Christian Watson has missed what, like half the season. You know, mm -hmm. he's had to work. Aaron with Romeo Jones Dobbs. was out for a while. Yeah. He, he he was not good. Pretty much the I had him in no. fantasy. I know the entire <laughs> regular season. So, and you saw some of those throws against the Cowboys, back back foot throws, like you, little, little Aaron, Rogers. Aaron Rodgers in there. You saw that too. So, I don't. The question for me though is, if Brock Purdy loses this game what does the narrative around him become? Because I agree with Brad, where Jordan Love has done a lot more with a lot less than Brock Purdy has. Does Brock survive losing this game in San Francisco? He's been good. He's been good. Yeah. But what happens when you have a team like that and you can't 
move past the Packers in this. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of hate for for Brock still. I, I, I think he's still going to be the quarterback next year. He's had a tremendous <laughs> year. It does help that he has some great players, but that's not his fault. I he, think if they're if, the number one team in the in the NFC, and he's the quarterback of that. I think if they lose this week to the Packers, I think Kevin's right. They're gonna we're gonna have those stupid reports for like a month of like. Are the are the 49ers right. gonna move right. on? Kind of like they did. I mean, obviously different scenario because Brock Purdy was injured, but I think they'll do the whole like, oh, they're bringing in competition, they're bringing Sam Darnold, something like that. But no, Brock Purdy will still be moved. Yeah. And I and I and I do expect the Niners, I'm gonna say it. We'll talk about this game on our Saturday show, but I do think it's gonna be the San Francisco 49ers. But Brad, it's just really cool to see that Jordan Love, just like we thought from the beginning, he looked like the dude, he went through his growing pains. And to see him uh, shining through is, is has been awesome to watch. Brock, do you have anything to say or you want to stay on mute? Yeah, yeah. I think Brock Purdy, I feel like, you know, quarterbacks and football players are going to say, yeah, we, we don't, I don't hear that or I don't read that or I don't watch that on TV. I feel like Brock Purdy hears a lot of the noise that people are calling him a game manager and that he's not a top quarterback in this league. But this is a guy, correct me if I'm wrong, I know he has a lot of weapons, but he just took his team to the NFC championship game. What last season? And then he got hurt in the, what, what was it? The first quarter, second quarter. It yep. was, I know it was early on and they were without him for the rest of the game. And it looked like a completely different, uh, different team, obviously, because I think Josh Johnson then got hurt. Um, yeah. And then Purdy had to come back and then, in. And then McCaffrey, didn't McCaffrey have to like play quarterback or they were trying to warm him up to play quarterback. That was well, like, McCaffrey, McCaffrey just did everything yeah. possible. So literally think, we're talking about doing everything possible. He did yeah. because Brock yeah. couldn't throw it further than six, you know, I don't not, even think he could physically, feet. I don't think he could. Yeah. Hold no, his arm. And that yeah. sucked because that that's a, I still think the Eagles go on and win that game. That's just me. But I think it would have been a much more competitive game than it was. And, and Brock Purdy, he knows he's got something to prove here in, in this playoff run too, because people are calling this guy a game manager. People are saying he's not a top quarterback in the league. People are like, oh, Brock Purdy, he just relies on his weapons. It's dink and dunk, which I completely disagree with. I know he's got a lot of guys talented around him. I just don't believe Brock Purdy is a game manager. I think he's a pretty damn solid NFL quarterback. But that's just game me. manager is not a game manager. Is yeah, not Brad, an insult. Brad, what what do you got? Yeah, one more thing, and we'll move on to the next topic. Oh no, I, Rocco was just, uh, I guess, labeling me as that. I, I, I uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, real real quick. Look, I, I'm not saying that Brock Purdy is bad, and we've talked about this before. I think he on any other team, you'd be an average quarterback. He would mm -hmm. still be a starter in the league. He's just not going to be an elite quarterback. Don't think he's that guy. We'll see. We'll see this weekend. And he is a game manager, but it's not an insult. I, I hate that game manager. Well, people, scene people, you people do use that as the insult. Like that's that's no, I get but, uh, that. As an but insult, like, I but, think being a game manager is so important. Like we have superstars all over the league. Like you need someone to get them the ball. We see so many teams go out there with these top wide receivers. Look at Devontae Adams. He would kill to have a game manager behind there that could get him the football. Yeah, well, what, what's the motto in kicking and screaming, guys? What's get the motto? Get the ball to the Italians. Get the ball to the Italians. In this case, give it to Christian McCaffrey. Give it to George Kittle. Give it to Brandon Ayuk. And he's but, damn good at it. But, but, I give it to him. but also, he has great anticipation. We could talk about this for a while. Yeah. I think Brock Purdy deserves Makes more credit. Game yes, but the, Ryan and I, okay. oh, that's what I love about this, this forum, this conversation. Ryan and I are on one side, kind of, and then you and Brad are on the other side. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, Kevin, uh, I'm, I'm in the middle. Yeah, I was going to say, I, Kevin, I've gone out. Kevin's got to sit on the fence for 49ers <laughs> fans yeah. are just going to hate you guys more than us. And that's good. Yeah, good. No, good. No doubt about it. 
Zach, let's Zach make this... public enemy number one. I heard that guy. He burned a I... Brock Purdy jersey before. Dude, I have so many. I have a few 49ers fans that every time I tweet, like they'll just comment Lamar Jackson's playoff record underneath. <laughs> That's what I have. That's what happens. That's what happens. Well, that's you're just stirring the pot, is, man. Yeah, you are. You're a good kid. But last thing with Kobe's talking about this, the, the the future is bright for the Packers, and we'll dive into it more on the weekend. But Packers have an average age of 24 on offense, and they are a very young team, but they have started to put it together, and they are really good at challenge next year for that NFC North, which has been an exciting year for Detroit. We'll talk about Detroit in a second as far as what it means to the city, but talk about a guy who – it's, it's been a great story. How about Baker Mayfield? How about Baker Mayfield's uh, revenge? I don't want to say it's a revenge tour, but perseverance uh, extravaganza because everyone was ready to write him off. He was the problem. In, first, he was the savior in Cleveland. Then he was the problem in Cleveland. Then he was left to die in Carolina, kept believing himself, didn't take that contract to be the Ravens' backup quarterback, instead went to Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden – He's in the playoffs in the divisional round, one win away from an NFC championship berth. But, Brad, we have a video here of Dan Campbell just talking about how great of a teammate in person Baker Mayfield has been. So we want you guys to listen to this real quickly. Look, I've always been a Baker fan from afar. I loved him when he was coming out. I tell this story. Um, this, to me, said a lot about him. And I went and worked uh, Blake Andrews out when he was coming out of OU. They came out the same year, tight end. You met Mark. So, so I went out there. Well, his quarterback, you know, it's cold, but he, he, you know, he comes out there. I think he's got like flip flops on. It's Baker. Baker's going to throw for him. Well, Baker threw for every one of his guys that was coming out that year, and I think he'd already had two private workouts the two days prior, and he had one that afternoon, and I think the one the next day. So, that just says a lot about the guy. There's no wonder why people uh, rally around him and follow him. Because he's that type of teammate, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys who wouldn't do that. Like, oh, I got to save my arm. I've got so and so club coming in. That wasn't him. So, um, you know, you can respect stuff like that now. Yeah, it, it's um, this is what's great to see. I think Baker's reputation took such a big hit because he played for Cleveland. I think a lot of people in Baltimore then didn't like him because he was the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. But Rock, uh, well, you're muted for a second. But Zach. Hey, Kevin. hey, 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 hey. I'm not <laughs> you to me. I think it was the typing. I'm sorry. So no, you're you're typing up a storm up there. You're I a good kid. I, but I you know yeah. Well, no, the point is Baker Mayfield, it's just awesome to see when you continue to put your head down and continue to be the person that you are. Yeah. Think good things can happen. And for Baker Mayfield, saved his career. He stayed true to who he is, but other people around I me, mean, Dan Campbell. You know, first off, grit. We need to get Ryan Ripken show grit hats. I think that Ooh, that'd be good. That'd be good. Um, Ooh, but yeah. the point point being is Dan Campbell. That's high respect for a quarterback, yeah. um, and Baker deserves that. Coming from the coach that wants to bite people's kneecaps off, yeah, that is very high praise. And Baker Mayfield, big smelling salts guy as well. He did him before the uh, the Eagles game. I think I saw a video in the tunnel. So I'm sure he I like did Baker Mayfield. Big fan. What's that? I'm sure he did throughout the Eagles game as well. Oh, yeah, he, he might have. But no, I'm a, this is a guy that wasn't even used properly towards the end of his tenure or throughout his tenure in Carolina. Like he was lining up on the scout team as a defensive lineman towards the end of his tenure, doing whatever he could and whatever it would take to 
I don't know, help the team not win games because you know how that went, but you know, doing his best, being a team guy. Then he gets to Tampa and seeing him in Tampa and just the grit and you know, he always carries that swagger. He's done it since college. And love Baker Mayfield or hate Baker Mayfield. It's a it's a pretty cool story right now. What he's doing. I mean, I know the Eagles have dealt with their injuries and they were completely just on a downward spiral at that point in time. But to go out and beat a team that was one of the favorites to get to and potentially win the Super Bowl before the season even began, I mean, that's an accomplishment. And the Eagles were favored in that game. So Baker Mayfield, he doesn't care. He's always going to play with that chip on his shoulder, that swagger. And uh, I love to see it. But, you know, we'll see what happens this week. Yeah, and and we will see what happens. We'll dive into more Lions for our Saturday show, by the way. For those that are tuning in, thank you for tuning in. We're going to be back on Saturday for a special. But before we get out of here, real quick, Brad, you had a last final poll for the show. Yeah, so I actually asked everybody, uh, of the teams remaining in the NFC, and if the Ravens make the Super Bowl, what team would you rather face? It's pretty even, other than the Packers. 40 of you voted so far. Uh, 35% of you say the Bucks. I think probably for obvious reasons, uh, the Bucks probably are just not a great team, so they just want the guaranteed win from <laughs> the Ravens. But uh, third, 28 and 28%, so the second and third place t tied for Lions and 49ers. I, you know, as much as I want to see the Ravens win the Super Bowl, I would love to also see a great game. I think those two teams probably would be great matchups for the Ravens in the Super Bowl. It would be awesome just to see the Lions in the Super Bowl, if I'm honest. If it's Ravens yeah. Niners, all the conspiracy theorists are going to come out. They're yeah, going to be like, it was meant to be. They knew the NFL script is in. It's going to be crazy. It's the logo, right? Well, we're going to find out, but we're going to talk more about the Lions on Saturday because they are one of those teams that are chasing a NFC Championship berth, chasing a Super Bowl appearance. And what Dan Campbell is doing there has meant so much to the city of Detroit. I mean, so much. We'll save that for Saturday. So, for wrapping this up, if you're new to the show, if you can hit that like and subscribe button, we'd really appreciate it. And if you've been here with us, well, thanks for hanging with us. As always, we always appreciate the comments. And we got a shout out, um, Ravens24. Sorry, we meant to do this earlier. Shout Thank it out for so a much. second. It, it, it really does. We'll give yeah, look, yeah, look at a round of applause. A round of Thank applause. You. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. You called me after I yeah. stopped. I was doing it. Kevin, I was Kevin. doing it. I was doing it. Yeah, but but we really do appreciate that. And for those that are, we're just getting started with this. We're starting to get a, a cadence, a rhythm, uh, like uh, liking people on our show. Yeah. Like that's debatable, but <laughs> we do enjoy being able to grow this community. We are on Discord, by the way. It's a free Discord uh, public group for the Ryan Ripkin Show. Come chat with us. We have our announcements in there as well. Plus, if you have any questions. On the daily basis, we'll be in there. Um, and we're really excited. We have a lot planned for the spring. But before we get to the spring, we hope that the Ravens can end the Super Bowl trip and Super Bowl victory in Vegas. So that will do it for tonight's show. I think we'll be, we will be back on Saturday. And in the chat, Joe S. right here, uh, Discord for, I believe, I'm the same way. Great avatar, Joe S. It, Shout out it's, to Bobby uh, Boucher. Oh, yeah. Bobby Boucher. We, we might need a Bobby Boucher jersey up in here, too. But what di what Discord is, Joe, it's just an app service that you're able to then communicate more with people. It's, it's just like a group text. A group, yes. It's it's a group text in app form. Gets a little crazy. Oh. Uh, engraven, you are. Oh, engraven. 
You are hey, too legend. kind. There, 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 there. Kevin, 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 legend. Now Kevin's clapping. Now we get Kevin to clap. That got Kevin. Appreciate I you. clap wow. the first time. Really wow. So, that. Kevin, you only are going to clap for engraving? I clap Come. the first time. This is fake news. <laughs> being spread right now. Rip, we're getting engraving on here, right? We got hey, it. Hey, you, hey, you know, I, I'm not saying anything yet, but obviously we would love to have him on. Absolutely. We've talked about it from before what he's what he's brought to the, the community, the standard yeah. he's set, awesome. and, and just his content. And I think it speaks Next for level. itself. So, we're not going to say anything yet. We'll keep you guys uh, stay tuned on it. But we do appreciate engraving, and we appreciate this community. Yeah. Um, we're excited. Thank you, guys. We're we're getting closer to four thousand, which we will have our next milestone. We're yeah, under two hundred subscribers away from that. Yeah, close. Like we're self. close. We're we're close. And uh, from the Adams Jeep sign, no one's getting measured behind that yeah, tonight. No one tonight. That's what you stay tuned for. Rocco has to stop. Yeah, you're going to be in the studio. Yeah. You're going to be in the studio Monday. Are you coming on Saturday? You got to come. I might, you got go, no, go to go. I'm going to be at the game Saturday. I might do a little. Hit we are recording at 10. Aren't we like 10 a.m.? Yes. Yeah, right? So that's a great time to bring it up. We are planning to record at 10 o'clock in the morning here in studio. Let's start the day off right. We're going to we're going to be fired up, passionate. The city's going to be buzzing. And Maybe so come join time. us. Come join us as we get ready for a Ravens-Texans showdown on Saturday afternoon. Should be uh, a great game. Everyone in Baltimore, this is the moment they've been waiting for, the first step on the road to a Super Bowl. That's it for me, for Brad, Ryan Ripken Jr., a.k.a. Rocco DeSangro, Kevin Ostriker, Locked on Ravens, Zach Bollinger. I'm probably not going to go out on Friday night just to make sure I make it to no. the show. Yeah, do that. You won't wake up. You will not wake up. Whoa, do not ever doubt me. We no, just can't get out of here that quickly. But that will do it for this episode of the Ryan Ripkin Show. Thank you again for Sam and Joku stopping by Ravens Talk Podcast. We will see you next, I guess next time next week. It's not next week. We'll see you Saturday. I blew it. I will see you on Saturday at 10 a.m. See you guys. Damn. We were so close to making it. So close. So close.